If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And our friends really friends. If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sip Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sip Pop Writer's Jake. Hello. As well as from all the way across the pond, Adam. Hi. Also, different pond. Not that pond, but... <laughs> so, <laughs> a bigger pond. A bigger pond, that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other uh, uh, things on on the website. So make sure to check out uh, SifPop.com to keep up with all that. Uh, Jake's uh, both these guests actually. This might be the first time both of you guys have regular monthly articles uh, that come out. Uh, Jake's got animation celebration stuff uh, going on. So did uh, how, how do you pronounce? Is it Mirai? Is that it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Mirai. Yeah. Mirai coming in. Uh, somebody referenced the breadwinner to me the other day. And asked if I'd ever seen it. I was like, no, but I've edited it's an article so about it. Yeah, I saw it at Film Scene, actually. That's where I saw it for the first time when it nice. came to Film Scene. Our little, the little local uh, indie theater in Iowa City. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was great. I think, like, the actual breadwinner account, because I tweeted about it when I saw it. And I think both Film Scene and the actual breadwinner account like liked or retweeted my tweet. Nice. That's awesome. You should still see it. Jake's got animation celebration stuff going on with that's for every first Thursday of the month, I think. Third Thursday of the month. All right. I'm just wrong. Uh, And Adam's got – actually, this came out um, last week, yeah? Um, The 20th Century Flicks coming out, yeah? Yeah, a few days ago. Um, Yeah, come out like maybe – yeah, a few days ago. Maybe a week ago once this podcast is. Sorry. Um, We're speaking in the future. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. but no but that, that's been a lot of fun adam uh to kind of took it over uh like uh, in the late ends of last year just uh you know we just fre- somebody wanted a fresh take on the article and it was just like hey i just can't really produce mm. these and we were just like well you had like just submitted a bec that we really liked and it kind of fit along the same lines or something like that and we're like well let's, oh, cool. and then i think we like checked your letterbox and just be like well let's 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 give him a shot let's see if he wants to do it so yeah, i appreciate that i love doing it too because it gives me a great excuse to watch i've seen i've found so many gems just delving back into the past so it's um it's uh yeah i love doing it actually and um, i've got a huge list of things i'd love to write about but i probably won't get to them nice yeah um all right. Uh, let's see. So we'll, on the t- on the show today, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Jackass Forever. That's our coming attraction this week. Uh, we'll talk uh, about this, uh, the Sandlot and Angels in the Outfield, a little bit of a baseball um, doubleheader for um, the Sif topic this week. Uh, and for our fantasy cast, we're gonna we're going to or for our B plot, we're going to fantasy cast. Um, I, we, I picked this before realizing that there is something in the works already, but we're we're doing a uh, Sandlot sequel. Uh, whereas after I said that, uh, actually, I think, um, uh, I had said probably a fantasy cast and then we had kind of together worked on what that actually might look like. And then after mm-hmm. we had settled that, 
there was uh there was like hey they're actually making a sequel series on Disney Plus but you know we're just going to ignore that. So um and by the way apparently it's already picked up for two seasons. Um wow. like it got a two season over at the beginning. So uh, all the original cast returning. So this it'll be fun um for us to to kind of take a look at that. As well as there's a prequel in the work that's going to focus on like how the how the beast got his name. I don't know if it's been officially right? greenlit yet. Anyway, they're milking it, aren't they? Disney? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it was a Fox property, then with the Disney acquisition, but apparently, I think it was already greenlit, like, that they were going to work on it before Disney acquired it, but then right. Disney was just like, yeah, we'll affirm that, and we'll put it on Disney+, Plus. so I think that's how that worked. Um, yeah, and we'll wrap up with a spinoff, of course, but lots of fun stuff to talk about this uh, this week, um, but first, as always, we got to get a chance to reacquaint ourselves with our writers uh, this week. Um, guys, I was wondering, um, is there a favorite BEC that we've done that you've been a part of? You know, we do the BECs pretty much every, every Friday. We just got off of a hiatus. Just, is, is there one that you're, you're just like, man, I really liked that one. Did you want to go first, Jake? Yeah, sure. Um, generally speaking, um, I guess my favorite BECs sort of fall into a category that can encapsulate a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to do that. Types of movies. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like the one we uh, just did, American football movies, are that was still fun because I like football. But like <laughs> it's sort of all football movies. So yeah. uh, it was a little more challenging for some of our international writers who don't mm-hmm. watch a lot of American football. But um, I think the one I've settled on um, – and I think somebody else has mentioned this already as one of their favorites. So I think it's a popular pick. Um, but I really liked the modern movies in black and white. Yeah, that's, uh, I, think, I think that's my favorite one that we've done recently. Yeah, just because, you know, you do get to encapsulate a lot of different types of movies. I mean, they tend to be a little more artsy just in the fact they're choosing to go black and white when they're generally more color. But... Um, you know, obviously, during the BECs, a big part of it is, you know, explaining sometimes why it fits this category. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of a, a fun thing to explore um, in a couple of occasions. I read what other people wrote as far as what they thought, you know, the decision to go black and white actually did to sort of enhance the so. Yeah, that's why I think I picked that one is like it's this isn't just based off a movie, but you're right. You you really have to emphasize like I wrote about the Criterion Parasite has a black and white version or like mm-hmm. Mad, Mad Max Fury Road has a black and chrome edition. And mm-hmm. obviously Logan does. And it's just like, you know, if, if if filmmakers really wanted to, it would be very easy to release all their films in black and white as a bonus feature. But like they don't always. Um, you know, and there's certainly ones I think could help. Um, I even think it might be really fun if some of them. You know, um, decided to also just change the aspect ratio to four by three, and sure, you cut off some of the sides, but like present it as an like. I, I mean, if it wasn't so visually striking, maybe something like Murder on the Orient Express, you know, uh, might be fun to do that treatment with. Mm-hmm. But you know, but Branagh's eye is is not meant to for for old cinema, even though he loves old cinema. Um, but yeah, no, that's that stuff's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I, I think it was one of those happy accidents where Belfast was coming out. And we had considered like city titles in the name or something like that. We considered a couple things. It was like, what about black and white movies that have come mm. out recently? And then it was also like French Dispatch had just come out and like half that films in black and white. And uh, Come On, Come On was like two weeks away. So it just wound up being a really happy accident. It's good timing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Adam? Do you have a favorite? I do. Um, and it was a really quick answer for me when I saw the question. Um, it was Spielberg. 
um, when we did Spielberg's movies because he's such a um, look. Spielberg's one of the, I'm, I'm clearly the one of the greatest directors of all time, but he's also yeah. I think one probably the most influential and successful people in Hollywood history. Um, just with, if you just, even even if you look at his production credits, yeah, so, absolutely. Um, I wrote about what many filmmakers. Um, I've seen a lot of interviews with filmmakers who say that Jaws is probably the greatest film ever made, and I wrote about that, and it says a lot. That I think that still came fourth overall in the list um, of the BEC, so it says a lot about how great Spielberg yeah. actually is. He's had a bit of a – he did have a bit of a downward trend there, late, you know, maybe in the 2000s, but um, maybe late 90s, 2000s, but he's come back again, you know, like um, – yeah, uh, just just getting to delve into Spielberg again it, it, for any excuses, delight for me to be honest. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of those that like um, it was it was really interesting putting that list together. And I, man, guys, the hardest part of this editing job is that Robert takes the BEC entries and like takes his algorithm and puts it in, and then maybe swaps some things, but usually lets Dicer you know have the final word on like. You know, this one might be having a higher aggregate, but we're going to put this in instead. And it's just like, I get a voice, but a lot of times it's it's just like, how, like, how, I get Jaws is four, but like, how is Minority yeah. Report eight? Come on. Like, uh, yeah. or, or sometimes I like fight for some of that stuff, but it's just like, can we please swap these two? And sometimes it's like, no. And sometimes it's like, okay. So yeah, such a tough list. <laughs> those are always, those are sort of, it's the different ones. And then I couldn't think of a one that was like that. Like you said, where you're like, you're looking at it and you're like, wait, this is five. What's the rest of the list? Mm. And you're like, oh yeah, I forgot somebody wrote about that. Oh yeah. No, that part too. Oh yeah. That one. And right, that, that happens. That happens with a lot of those. That's really fun. And like, I think it's even funner for people that aren't a part of the writing crew because you don't get to see all mm. the, all the possible nominations that we put out there, especially with some of the more creative ones. But, mm. um, you know, for somebody that's just, you know, a casual checks out the, the posts and that's it, that isn't part of the writing crew. It's, uh, it, it you know, it's always, like, Oh yeah, that counts. Oh yeah. That, especially when we have some of the most obscure, like uh, mistaken identity ones, you know, that's, that's always just a lot of fun. But, uh, I, I was even thinking last, last week, for the BEC, released the day we're recording this, but uh, last week when this episode drops, we talked about best ever American football movies, and mm. I got the list, and I'm just like, how on earth is Remember the Titans number four? And look, to me, Remember the Titans is the best American football movie there will ever be. Uh, <sighs> so to me, it's number one, and I look, I haven't seen Rudy. I, I, I didn't think See, Friday Night Lights was as highly regarded. And Rudy's like, overrated. I love Friday Night Lights as... Speaking as the person who actually wrote on Remember the Titans, um, <laughs> I was like, four? What's ahead of it? I and know. It was, it was Rudy. I think Rudy's overrated. Uh, Friday Night Lights is great. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. What was number two? I don't remember. I can't, I can't uh, remember off the top of my head, but I can but, certainly find out really quick. But I think it was, it was balanced by the fact that I was pleasantly surprised that oh. Brian's song was all the way up at number five. Um, well, I mean, look at look at some of the rest of the list. Like, Invincible? Like, I was surprised that's not an honorable mention. I mean, come on. That movie's garbage. <laughs> uh, Jerry Maguire was number two. And that's one of those that I haven't seen, but it's like, yeah, you kind of understand. Uh, what but, was number one? Because I, uh, I didn't want for this one month, this week. Because I, oh, Rudy was number one. Yeah, 
I've never, I've not seen it either, but that still surprises me. Yeah, look, it, it, again, it's just one of those things that, like, as the editor, I'm just sitting there, like, remember the Titans, remember? like, but you know, like, it's, the, it's fine. I think the only American football movie I've, I've ever seen was Any Given Sunday, and yeah, I want to speak to my. It was number ten, was it? Because I, I, I remember really loving it, um, and I know it has gotten a lot of hate. So I was, I might speak for my Australianism that the reason that I loved it, but. I guess Americans who watch football don't like it for many reasons. But, um... Look, the best football movies are movies that actually aren't about football, but they're about something much deeper. Kind of like, kind of like Moneyball, right? Like it, it's same with sports movies yeah. in general, yeah. right? Like well, the exception is Miracle because that's just the best story of sports history ever. Period. Full stop. Um, but you know, but when when you have like Remember the Titans, which is such a compelling movie about racism in the South in sixties. Uh, America, like it's it's it. There's a scene where the, where Denzel Washington, who's the head coach, takes them to Gettysburg, and it's like one of the best scenes ever filmed. You know, so Jake's nodding his head this entire time. Yep. So. <clears throat> well, and I, I actually one of the podcasts I listen to is a sports. They break down sports movies and how well they do sports. And the reason, like you said, some of the best football movies are ones that focus on football is it's so easy to get the football wrong or have it look bad, which is why, despite the fact that Kurt Warner's my favorite football player growing up, I have no desire to watch that American Underdog movie because I watched it's the trailer. Bad. It's okay. How's the football? Because it looks atrocious. I mean, there's not as there's not a lot of football in it at all, actually. Um, it's probably for the best. Yeah, like there's in in most there there's more football that is. It's a lot of training camp if there is fo- like percentage wise, but it's not a football movie. It's a Kurt Warner movie. Um, but when, there is probably more club. Uh, uh, what's the what, what's the beer league that they made um, when they played in Des Moines? Um, arena football league. Yeah, arena. Fo- There's more arena football than there is NFL, but like it's about his journey to get to the NFL, you know. So, um, there's that. But yeah, and and look again in terms of historical, you know, accuracy on how they do the sports. Look, Ryan Gosling would be a terrible cornerback. So remember the Titans, you know, is so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, you should check out Remember the Titans. That one's great. Yeah, I'll add it to the list. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I was aware just, of its existence. But. And just as a movie fan, like, it's one of those movies where you just look at the. Just go on IMDb after the podcast and look at that cast. It's one of those yeah. casts where it's like, how are these many good people in this movie? Well, it's because it's a Disney movie and they were all, like, in their 20s before they made Well, and it's big. like, isn't isn't Hayden Panettiere? Isn't that the little girl? And she's yep. like six? Yep. It's like, she's a star, you know? Uh, anyway, oh, uh, and another reason why uh, you should consider actually checking out uh, American Underdog, Jake, is, you know, it's just, it's nice when you see movies that take place, you know, just around your corner. So, you know, Cedar yes. Falls being really close to us, and the majority of that movie takes place in Cedar Falls, and then a good chunk in Des Moines, you know? I've been so, in plenty uh, of high Vs. That's true, me too. <laughs> uh, all right, well, <laughs> let's... Uh, Maybe get back on, on course. Actually, maybe let's not get back on course real quick. I got a random question for each of you. Um, all right. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. What's your favorite Starbucks order? <laughs> um, you know what? They're actually don't really Starbucks isn't all that common where I'm in, but they're actually building a Starbucks across the road right now. I thought for sure it would soon. be like because I was wondering, I was like, is it gonna be in Australia? But I'm like, it's Starbucks. How is it not on every corner in the world? Well, you know? Yeah, well it actually struggled in Australia and they actually closed a lot of stores here a while ago, but they started oh. to open some more up. Um there is a thing in Queensland where I live, um 
a similar place called Zarafas, um, which people love, and I think it's terrible mm. coffee. Um, but I actually had the quick coffee like three years ago, so I drink tea now. Um, doctor's orders, I had the quick coffee. But normally I would just order a long black, yeah, a, a, like a, a, an iced long black, um, which I guess you call an Americano. I don't know. Just I just have black coffee, and that's it. No sugar, no milk, no nothing. That's, that's my order. Um, a long black is what we call it in Australia. I know I've seen some... Yeah, I've seen some videos of Americans who come to Australia and they really struggle to order our coffee because just the way we name things. Because <laughs> they don't know what it is. They don't you know, know what, what it, Americano what a... is. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, you guys don't know what a flat white is, which is basically coffee with milk and sugar. So, so a latte. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I was, no, it's not a latte. No, it's not a latte. It's it's coffee, like, but it's just like, like a I'm little bit a, of milk. I'm not a coffee person, so like <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to guess it was Iowa or Nebraska. Flat white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> uh, what's your what's your go-to tea order then, Adam? Um, man, I've got a whole... Look, I... I no, it's like a chai a, or a green or a black I have a, or like a... I have a chest of tea, which I I wake up and I have a couple every morning. Right now, I'm actually drinking a chai, a vanilla chai. Mm-hmm. Um, but my absolute favorite tea is actually orange and cinnamon. Um, it's right. awesome. But just to wake-me-up tea, I just have like a – I really like Russian caravan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just All right. I try a lot of different stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, with tea, you kind of have to, right? Yeah. Because so, yeah, yeah. it's not – it's you know, it's not really like uh... – um, a coffee where it's like it really depends on where the beans come from, you know. Like mm-hmm. tea, tea is tea, so. Um, um, you know, I, I mean, like, I mean, like, stri- I mean, well. I mean, like, green tea is green tea, like you know. Yeah, I don't like green tea. I've never not a big fan of green tea. Um, I like green tea, but I pretty much only like tea that has either sugar or honey in it. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah I just, I just a tea bag in water, and that's it for me. Um, yeah, tea bag in water, and, and then a lot of honey. So, uh, Jake, what's your go-to Starbucks order? Uh, I've gotten sort of pretty boring with my coffee orders. That and the nearest Starbucks is probably 45 minutes away from me at this point. Um, every once in a while, I'll go for like a, a seasonal type latte or coffee mm-hmm. at the local coffee shop. But like, as I've gotten older, I've just gotten boring with my coffee orders. So just... Something that's the biggest cup you have and plain, you know. Sometimes I'll go for for a flavored plain coffee. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah, I know. They had a salted caramel coffee when I went into Casey's, so I tried that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, give me black coffee in the largest cup I can get it, and that's basically my order. Yeah. Um. Look, if I if I'm gonna choose to go to a coffee shop, it's it's probably Starbucks. But you gotta understand, it's like a once a month thing. Or in in America, Target's really popular, and uh, um, we have Hy-Vee, um, really popular in Iowa. And in almost every Target and Hy-Vee on the way in and out, there's a there's a Starbucks kiosk. So like sometimes it's you know I'm right there. Why not? You know so. Um, I get have a Java chip. It's a it's a frozen. Um, not not a lot of coffee. I'm not I'm not big on coffee, and um, uh, has like a like a chocolatey taste to it. So it's like a really nice and sweet. There's definitely some milk in there. So um, yeah, um, it's it's probably not good for me, but uh, the flavor's great. I love me some Java chip. So there we go. Um, but yeah, I'll try. I go to coffee shops downtown for work all the time, and it's uh, 
Um, you know, so I'll go to some of the more local places, but like, I'm not a big coffee person. And so the places that I'll go are like really pretentious coffee places, but I'm like, I'll just have a bottle of Coke. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I spent, I spent many an hour in Prairie Lights bookstore. So I know the mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. Yep. I mostly uh, try to take students to Crotado or high grounds pretty close. And, uh, Java house is really big in Iowa city, but, um, they're, you know, I'd rather go somewhere else. So, um, Cool. Have to Google Maps Iowa after this to figure out. There's like, <laughs> you might have to zoom in really hard before you find something. <laughs> oh really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, Iowa's nothing, and then massive city, and then nothing for the rest of the state. You know, so. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. Cool. Well. Uh. Now that we can, now that we've got that out of the way, we can uh, finally get around to talking about the coming attraction this week. Um. Guys, uh, I, I don't, I don't know that there's really a synopsis for this, but the Jackass guys are back. Mm-hmm. Um, so, our scale, the anticipation level. If you're new, um, opening weekend, uh, check it out at a matinee. Uh, wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or not interested in watching this movie. Uh, also, um, with the caveat that, like, hey, we're gonna forget that COVID's a, a thing for a while. We're gonna just take budgets out of the equation. Nothing but your free will is keeping you from there. Jake, let's start with you this time. Uh, nothing but your free will is keeping you from there. Where this scale do you fall for jackass forever uh i think i'm gonna go like low side of matinee i i can i can see there especially with the slate coming up i haven't been in a month um i think i might go to scream tomorrow just because i haven't Mm -hmm. been anything i can see i can see the same thing happening with jackass i haven't been to a theater in a while i've seen the trailer 20 million times Mm -hmm. at this point if I'm looking for dumb fun on a weekend, I could see myself checking this out. Cool. Uh, what about you, Adam? Um, it'd be fun to add a new category that would have <laughs> someone pay me to watch it <laughs> because I'm somewhere somewhere in between not interested and I wait for streaming. Um, yeah. I've seen the other movies, but again, and they're funny, but I don't know. I think I've aged too much now for that humor to interest me anymore like if yeah, i want yeah. to see jackass i could probably just watch jackass again you know rather than watch a new one i don't know how different or new it's going to be so right that yeah. is kind of the question i mean this is the first any content they've come out in i think like 10 years so mm. yeah. that is it is interesting and they're visibly old now they weren't visibly old last time so yeah and yeah they, yeah, they probably have run through their money you know so they're probably just coming out for another cash grab to Help them through retirement. I don't know, but I don't know. Yeah, look, look. If 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 I hear reviews that people go, oh, this is actually pretty good, then I'll probably check it out if it comes to streaming. But I wouldn't go and pay to see it, honestly. Okay, Uh, I'm going to be on the high side of matinee here, Um, and and here's kind of why is look. If I'm going to see this movie, I'm going to go to a theater. Um, like, theater experiences for a movie like this are the best, you know? Like, and if I really like it, you know, I'd consider picking it up later and so I could watch it at home, whatever. But, like, watching it at home by myself is nowhere near as much fun as getting a couple guys together, going to the theater, and just having a good time, you know? Um, but kind of, the, kind of the things that keep me back from it is... is Along the lines of what you're just saying, like I don't, I don't know. Like I'm interested to see. Maybe their humor has evolved. Maybe their stunts have evolved. Uh, but mm. like, yeah, I, I wonder how much of it I've aged out of. It's been ages since I've seen it. Much of it, and like, I'm sure a lot of it I've aged out of. But, like, there's still some really creative things that I like about this. You know, it's it's not the most creative thing, but like, there's still some things that I find really interesting or really comical. Um, but it's just, to me, it's any time that it involves anything that's deliberately meant to be gross, like porta potties or mm. whatever, 
um, or anytime it involves nudity, it's just like I, I immediately check out. And like there, there's certainly some skits that are very heavy on that kind of stuff. And it's like I just I don't care. So I'm wondering maybe now that they're older, like I don't maybe they've gotten over that. Like I don't know. I, I feel like there I feel like there's got to be a really interesting like uh like kind of like you you were saying like i wonder if like this is cash grab and my first thought was like i wonder if they've just been keeping a notebook and have just been like really saving it until they got a note notebook that was really worth coming back to yeah, um I, I mean that's what I'm, that's what i'm wondering but i i don't like there's got to be something here in this concept that can be more along the tones of something like impractical jokers that's you know pleasant and decent to just watch and just throw on and have a good time but is a little bit more in the style of Jack. Like, there has to be something here, right? Like, this is kind of a broken formula in the way that the past stuff has been. Um, and yeah, especially yeah. as we've evolved as culture. I mean, you're right. When you're in middle school and something like this comes out, it's like, oh, he's naked. Like, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Um, well, first, if the trailers are to believe, they haven't matured much at all because they make that joke they're like right. oh have we have we gotten any more mature and it just jumps cut to some insane ridiculous stunt same as it ever was but that's the other thing that i guess really surprised me that i'm even in the matinee at all is because like you said like we were in middle school slash <laughs> high school when this came out oh i think uh, elementary school we, during the original run of the season yeah Seriously. i think it's uh, 2000 to 2007, I think I saw. So middle school. Well, yeah, elementary to middle school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So I didn't watch. I never really watched it a ton. I'd see clips every once in a while, like over at a friend's house whose parents would let them watch it. Certainly yeah. with my parents. But um, and you're like, oh, they said a bad word. Like, <laughs> you're like, you thought the skits were funny because, you know, they were crude or whatever. So I... I didn't, I don't know. It's one of those things where the more I've watched the trailers, I'm like, you know, this looks like this could be kind of. So, right. Is there anyone? I'm just looking through our review schedule. I can't see anyone that's doing the review for it. Um, oh, yes, they uh, are. Heath. Sorry, Heath. Yeah, I was okay. like, there's got to be somebody. I saw, uh, as soon as I said that out loud, I saw the name. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's um, not a lot of people, like, you know, there's not a lot of movies coming out, so surely somebody's going to grab it, you know? Yeah, I trust um, Heath, so I'll, I'll read his review when it comes out to. Yeah, and look, I, I think I, I hope that they've you know progressed a little bit. I just I, I think there's got to be something better here that just like and kind of you, you were talking about the trailers. Like I don't think there's a single like blur that they have to put on the screen. So like you know maybe they're cherry picking footage they can use so they can actually get it in theaters. But like that's a positive sign, right? Like um, I'm just I, I, there's got to be a better version of this. But mm. I, like I don't I don't know. I I still like this concept. I still like this. You know, it's 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 really this probably fits more of a TV show than a movie, and that's why it started off as a TV show. But mm. uh, you know, like, there's got to be a version of this that's really entertaining. Um, and it's the, the original run of the movies and show and all that. It's like it's really entertaining for a middle schooler, and probably yeah. just you enjoy it a little bit less as you get older. But like, there's got to be a really good version of this, right? And I think maybe what? Nitro Circus was trying to do that, but that was that wasn't anything. That wasn't entertaining. Well, and if anything, that maybe that um, maybe that talks higher of it coming back as a movie as opposed to a TV show. Yeah. If there's a if there's a version, 
of if that's good. The fact that they can basically keep trying stuff and then, you know, put the best stuff into an hour and 40 minutes rather than like four hours, you know, mm -hmm. you've got a smaller cut. So if anything, that maybe increases the chances that it's good. If you're, maybe. you know, you only have to film, you know, sub two hour time slot. Yeah, I mean, it, it really feels like Impractical Jokers was the next evolution of this, right? And, like, I, for what that show is, I really like it. Uh, you know, and, and they, they tried to do that movie, and it was, you know, pretty mediocre. But I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't think I've ever, ever watched it. There's got, like, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, they're, they're a little less crass, and I think they, they still censored the stuff in the movie to keep it at a PG-13 since, you know, based yeah. off of, uh, you know, a IP that anybody can watch on TV, so... It is interesting to consider why they chose a movie over TV, but maybe, yeah. I mean, they're they doing both it's for money, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they might not have had enough content in the notebook to, to to do a complete series, maybe, a six episodes or something, but, yeah. I think they just got so... for You're talking for Impractical Jokers or for Jackass? No, Jackass, sorry. Okay, Jackass. I was like, no, it's like Impractical Jokers is, like, incredibly popular in the States, at least it was a couple years ago. Um, yeah. It's pretty much all true TV shows anymore. I think it's on Netflix here. Yeah, reality shows. Are yeah, it's it's incredibly popular here, and uh, uh, so it just they were just they're just trying to make money off of that. Um, yeah, for Jackass, I don't. I, I think it's because they kind of you know the show got canceled, and then they started making the movies, and I think they just kind of realized like we can't put our bodies through all of this, and then yeah, you know, even yeah. though it was on MTV, you can, I don't I don't know. It's it's almost like that South Park thing. Is it funnier with the censors or without the censors? Like, is it funnier when you watch the show, or is it funnier when you watch mm. the bigger, longer, uncut? Right. Like, yeah. So I wonder it's, how much that plays into it. They just kind of wanted to be like, you know, we can't put out our stuff on MTV without it getting censored. You know, but is it funnier if it's uncensored? Like, so maybe that was their reason for moving away. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it's a less financial investment for a movie than a season TV show when it's doing the same things. These are very cheap movies to make. So, yeah, yeah, they would be. So, I, like, I'm interested, you know, like, and I, I feel like if I can get a group together, even even if it's one other person, and like, it, as long as there's not too much gross out humor, but I'm, I'm at the point probably that if I were to watch some of the stuff that they did in some of the earlier movies, I might just get up and walk out and be like, maybe I'll rent it, at, or maybe I'll pick, check it out when it's on Netflix and I can, uh, mm -hmm. you know, skip some of these segments, you know, so. Yeah, I'll wait for word of mouth. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Any other thoughts before we move on? Nope. No, I'm good. All right. Well, time to talk about very related movies, Angels in the Outfield and <laughs> Sandlot. Uh, but before we do that, quick uh, shout out to the Patreon. Uh, Patreon exists for Sip Pop Rogers Room now. Uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash sippopwr. Uh, really appreciate uh, any of the supporters that are involved there. And uh, if you're interested in joining $5, $10, or $20 a month, $5 gets you access to episodes early. $10 gets you access to a special bonus review each month. And um, uh, the $20 a month gets you access to a personalized review for uh, each month. Um, so if you're interested, check it out, patreon.com slash sippopwr. Uh, but let's talk about Angels in the Outfield and the Sandlot. Um, gosh, which one do you guys want to talk about first? Do you feel like maybe Angels in the Outfield because that'll yeah. lead into our B plot? If we yeah. just talk about Sandlot leading into that, yeah, I think so. Good? All right, yeah. so we could talk about Angels in the Outfield uh, here for a little bit. Um, you can find this on Hulu, um, it barely, um, at least in the present mm -hmm. moment, uh, which is really surprising because this is a Disney. Uh, film uh, released in 1994. You'd think that this would be available on uh, Disney Plus, but uh, it's not, and it's only available on Hulu because it's a TNT thing right now. So, anyway, it's not even like Hulu, which is 
owned by Disney. Um, yeah, so Angel's so in the outfield. The uh, the story here is there's uh, an orphan boy that um, prays uh, for the angel, the L.A. Angels, to uh, make the pennant and uh, um, start seeing literal angels helping to play ball to help the baseball team angels win sorry i didn't pull up the imdb fast enough so that's my synopsis um i hope that the imdb one is just way wrong but uh a little bit of our history with the movie um jake you suggested this so why don't you kick us off yeah uh not something i watched like religiously but definitely watched it a handful of times and at least for me, it was my intro to Joseph Gordon-Levitt because never watched uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. And sort of out of the like popular subgenre of like the 90s era kid baseball movies. So like mm-hmm. this, uh, Little Big League, Sandlot, Rookie of the Year, stuff like that. It's the one I think I probably watched the most. Um, Ooh, interesting. So... Okay. What about you, Adam? My history with this movie began last yeah, yeah. night, and it <laughs> ended about a hundred minutes later. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, look, I I had heard of it, and I don't think I'd ever seen it as a kid, and it was yeah, it was really hard to come by for me as well. Um, I wish it was harder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anyone, but look, there was look. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that point. But yeah. that's my history with it. Yes. Yeah. No, I I had seen this movie. I think a couple times. I think I'd seen this like early and like earlier than I had formed memories. Um, because I really only have one one memory specifically watching this movie, and it was over at my great aunt's house because they had like a, a play area with a TV in it that was separate. And so the adults would go to the one area, and we would go play with blocks, and sometimes turn on a movie. And I just. I, this is the only time I remember watching this movie, but I vividly remember, like, we had the VHS. I think it got used pretty widely in our house. I don't know that I've ever seen... There's two sequels. There's Angels in the End Zone and then Angels in the Infield. I don't think I've ever seen them. I don't think I'm missing out on anything. Um, so, I from, never... I don't think so. No. I, yeah, I think it's one of those, like, they were just kind of like, let's capitalize yeah. on the success and make some straight-to-DVD videos or whatever, and yeah. several years apart. Like, um, So, yeah, I... Um, you know, especially when you go out of baseball into football and then back into baseball like that, it doesn't necessarily bode well for your franchise because um, then you're just trying to recapitalize on the glory days. But uh, yeah, uh, Angels in the outfield. All right, um, Adam, you've already you've already kind of given your thoughts. Do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Uh, <laughs> really low side of didn't like it. Really, okay. I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. That's okay. That's um, okay. It's hard for me to hate a movie. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Jake, do you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or think it's just okay? I am still gonna land and liked it. I think okay. it did drop a little bit for me on uh, watching this, but I'm gonna still solid liked it. I think. Okay, There's, that's fine. And nostalgia is probably a big part yeah. of that, which we'll get into. Um, yeah, this is interesting, uh, because I don't, I'd so like, I remember this movie, but I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, I have more nostalgia just in the title than I do in the film itself. I'm going to go a high side of just okay. Um, I think there's a lot, and here's why, like, there's definitely things that really don't work about this movie, but there's just enough that I had a good time. So 
Um, yo, I, I, I didn't have the worst time. And, uh, yeah, like... Oh, I'll be jumping in on negatives for sure. I was yeah, watching so much no. and I'm like, oh, oh, but, oh. Before we do that, um, can I ask, this is kind of related. We were talking on last month about about heavyweights on how the nostalgia factor played in. And Jake, you took us up on the challenge, right? You decided to watch yes. heavyweights that weekend, yeah? yes? Yeah. And you had no history with the movie, right? That's correct, yes. Uh, I liked it. Okay, yes, I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm not I'm not high side of liked it. I can definitely see like the people who didn't like it, the problems. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But I liked it and it it I'm solid liked it and it might have aged better for me in some regards than Angels in the Outfield. Cause there's okay. some stuff that I'm like I yeah, I was doing a lot of like that wouldn't work, that wouldn't work. And I I think there were I, I think it might have aged slightly better than my act group. So, <laughs> well, that yeah. you didn't have any history with uh, heavyweights. So I'm glad to hear. I'm really happy, like really happy to hear that it's it's not just my nostalgia talking, you know. But I know, like I showed that movie to my wife, and she had no history of it, and she really loves it too. So, like, mm -hmm. I think Ian's just wrong. He must have been in a bad mood when he watched it. So, yeah, yeah, it's I, I did the same. Know. Oh, you did the same. So, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I checked out heavyweights as well when it was in the it was in the Slack conversation, and I I liked it. I liked it. I even because oh, I love look, this. Ben, I'm so ben happy Stiller, right now. Ben Stiller is a treasure. Ben Stiller is pre pre um, White Goodman, I think. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's his role. Um, but even the Billy Cart jump, like the go kart jump at the end when he yeah. jumps over, as as much as BS as that is, I still like. Thought, I still was like, yeah, this is great. I like that. Right, so, right. Look, yeah. it's, well, it's, guys, I'm, my heart is so full right now. Yeah, it, <laughs> it benefits. It's one of those movies that knows what it is, doesn't yeah. try to be yes. anything it's not. Yeah. So it's you know it's you know what you're getting. It's fun for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, and I even saw somebody, um, I saw TikTok earlier today that somebody was showing off one of their movie collections and the last thing was like a movie that nobody's talking about, but they really love. And he pulls out Heavyweights and I'm like, I love that movie too. So, you know, <laughs> like, let's be friends. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, just, I'm, guys, this is making me so happy. That's um, our review of Angels in the Upfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 talk about let, a let, different let, movie. Like, let's ride the let's ride the happiness for a little bit. Adam, do you have anything positive to say about this movie? Because you yeah, don't hate I, it, right? No, I don't hate it. I do. Um look I'm yeah, definitely my positives is Joseph Gordon Levitt. Like I'm yeah. I've kind of followed his career since Third Rock in the Sun. Third Third Rock is my second favourite sitcom of all time. I, I love that show so much. Nice. And uh, well, because of all the characters, but JGL was Great, um, and he was even at that age. Um, I actually looked him up last night to look at his past credits, and he was pretty seasoned by the time he got around to meeting this. Like nineteen ninety four has come out, so I was look, I was seventeen, so it was probably past my time watching movies like that um, when this came out. But yeah, he was he's quite he's, he's you can see he's got a lot of talent to be honest, like potential going on there. He was he was the, easily the best actor in the movie, including all the adults, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh... Best, yes, not my favorite. Uh, we'll we'll get there in a minute though. But uh, um, the you you you're, you're right because like look, and I I don't want to linger on this because I don't want to be like discouraging or anything like that. But like specifically like before the like mid two thousands, kid actors just sucked. Like it didn't matter how, yeah. if they were good or not. They were like we want a cute kid, mm. but like he's really good. Like he is good. You know? Yeah. 
Like yeah. it, it, it's it like it's just not what Hollywood was going for. They were just like it's a kid, everybody will forgive it. And you know we did, and I'm still willing to do that in 2021. Absolutely, um, yeah. still willing to forgive if they cast a kid and he's maybe not a good actor. I'm still willing to be like, sure, he's a kid, fine. Um, but no, but you're right. Like he's he's doing the best work in this movie. You know. Yes, yeah. I have one other positive, and that was the opening credits brought to you by PowerPoint. Um, I was, I was, kinda, <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was happy seeing that, um, and that was about. The two highlights for me. Uh, otherwise, look, I can't even think of... Look, we're not into negatives yet, but that's okay. Um, they're my positives, for sure. And it was good okay. to see Matthew McConaughey in a non-speaking role. That was interesting. Um, and Ad- Adrian Brody, like, it was... Yeah. And, and Tony Danza is in here? Tony, and, yeah, yeah, Tony Danza. And, he, uh, was, he, had a, he had a name at that stage. But, yeah, that was interesting to see some of the, the stars. And, and also, Danny Oscar Glover, was, like, yeah, yeah. right after Lethal Weapon 2, you know? And, uh... Yeah. Um, and let's not forget uh, Brenda Fricker, who plays the foster mom. She's the yeah. uh, old woman in uh, feeding the ducks in Home Alone too. She's yes. a winner too, right? I'm not she's... sure because <laughs> the only thing I've ever seen her in is Home Alone too. Yes, that's oh, correct. Okay. Yeah, the only th- we're the Aaron and I are the same age. <laughs> Roughly, I'm a couple. <laughs> I'm a couple. <laughs> yeah, I'm a couple years older, but yeah, literally the because I went through her IMDb just to make sure are those still the only two things I think I've seen her. Well, because I haven't seen I haven't seen my left foot, but yeah, you're right. She has one mouse. No, I haven't yeah. seen my left yeah. foot, and I haven't seen a time to kill. They're both on my mm-hmm. queue. She won for my left foot. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Um, so three yeah, Oscar haven't... winners, at least that we know of in there. Yeah, because McConaughey and uh, and Brody. And Brody. Brody. Yeah. Yep. And then Brenda Fricker. Um, and look, it's only a matter of time before Joseph Gordon Levitt does. If, if so. he hasn't already won one as a producer credit. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's uh, that's one of my big causes to just the cast. Um, I'm gonna disagree slightly as far as my favorite part. I know he's not in it a ton, but uh, I think Christopher Lloyd here really mm-hmm. understands really understands the assignment, yeah. and I think he's a lot of fun as the head angel. Yeah, when he comes up in the soda cup. That like is nightmare fuel, man. <laughs> yes, but and um. I also think you guys mentioned Danny Glover. Like, I think if we were doing a fantasy cast, like they were remaking Angels in the Outfield, mm-hmm. Danny Glover would still be playing that man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's who you cast for that. So yeah. I think he was fine. Uh, look, guys, we're going to talk about the unsung hero for this movie. My personal favorite part of this movie, Neil McDonough coming in, because um, he's having the time of his life. He plays... The pitcher that can't seem to sit still. Um, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. He's, he's the, one of those the guys. Dumbass, right? yeah, yeah. There's a scene in in like the big climax, like uh, in, you know the final game. There's a scene where he's just sitting on the bench behind the camera, with, playing with, with a like a construction Tonka. It's a I had the big like he he is having the time of his life and. Yeah. And he, every time he was on screen, it just brought so much joy to my face. Because, like, in the beginning, when it doesn't really fit the mood, and it's just kind of like, oh, this guy's just going to be grading everything. But, like, he knows what movie he's in, and he knows what yeah. role he has. And, look, there's no reason for him to be playing with a toy tractor behind the shop. But he is, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, good points for that. That's a good bring-up. That's a good pick-up. Yeah, I, so, again, not, not necessarily doing the 
best move, best, you know, he's, he's, he knows, you're, you're right, he understood the assignment, he's like, we're in a kid's movie, like, you know, <laughs> he, he's just in a different kid's movie than everybody else, <laughs> but I'm more interested in the one that he's in, so. Yeah, um, you mentioned the, the beginning, and, um, when I was on the first time and talked about Airbud, uh, I was like, the music kicks in, and it just put a smile on my face. Yeah. The smile doesn't last the whole movie like it did for Airbud, but the score for this movie had the same effect. Like, when they start off, and the score kicks in, and I get that initial hit of nostalgia, I remember the score, and... You know, I knew I was a score fan, but I think the the nostalgia trips have just confirmed that. Because, like, every time I hear that score for some of these, it just makes me smile and makes me happy. And Angels of the Outfield did that again, mm-hmm. at least when the score started. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. Um, yeah, the music was, was a highlight for sure. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, another positive... Um, this movie was a little bit more emotional than I ever thought it was like had any right to be. And this is not an emotional movie, uh, but like there's specifically two moments. Um, the three moments that I've just like, look, either, either like this shouldn't have worked or this shouldn't have been in this movie. Um, so I'm thinking uh, full spoilers for obviously obvious reasons. I should have said that earlier, but full spoilers. Um, the scene where the angel is talking to Joseph Gordon-Levitt about Tony Danza's character and saying he only has six months to live. He doesn't even know it yet. Like, I was just like, oh! Mm. Mm. Oh! What? It's unnecessary, though, right? Like, no, it, it, totally unnecessary. But I mean, well, yeah. it gives it gives a little bit more meaning for, um, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt starts flapping his wings like he sees an angel yeah. um, and, and doesn't actually. So it gives a little bit more meaning because, you know, he's just saying, like, look, he doesn't even know. The, like, he knows this is going to mm. be his last game, but he doesn't know that. He doesn't even have six months to live. Like, please let yeah. him ride out this high. Let him end on a good note. Let, let the very last thing right before he dies, everybody just remember yeah. him striking out this player, bases loaded, everything on the line for the pennant. Like, I was just like, oh, like that, that hurts me. Mm. Ow. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then when he throws the final pitch, it's like way too over dramatized. That was an example. I was like, <laughs> this isn't, this isn't for this movie, but like, it's maybe kind of working a little bit, right? Like, you know, something more like uh, like Rookie of the Year or uh, Little Big League, like maybe play with it a little bit better, you know? Um, and then the and then the other one was the adoption scene. And look, you see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. But it still tickled my heartstrings. I was like, okay, I'm here for it. Like, like I, I knew from the second we got this set up that that's how this movie was going to end without having known it. Yeah. You know, I knew it without knowing it. But it's it still touched me. So, like, I was just like, this... This, I wasn't expecting this, you know? Uh, yeah. My other positive is I just, I love a good montage. And I, I love the, when the good montage and like everybody's having fun. Uh, that, that's in fact, maybe it's being on sports teams and knowing how that goes. But when they're having fun, I'm having fun. And yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I, I had the same thing written. Like, I like, I like, uh, I like it. And the scenes where the angels are disrupting the game is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And like part of my brain is like, there's no way they would let this stand. Right. Like there's no way that, that, that they wouldn't be like, th- like, especially that first one where, where he hits a ground ball and gets it in the park home run. 
and like it's mm. everywhere. It's like, and they even look at the ball afterwards. Like, there's no way they would let that stand, right? There's so many moments in this movie like that. Like the very first scene, it's like we won a game. We we lost a game. We should have won. You were down seven runs. What are you talking about? <laughs> so like, there are so many moments where like it's. I know it's a cliche and it's bad, but it is purely a turn. Don't think about this movie too hard. Yeah, right, right. Falls mm. um, like that baseball. Uh, let's see. I, I think I, I have one other positive, and I have a couple negatives. We can we can start trashing on this movie in just a second. It's just, look, the setup is just sweet and innocent. Um, just like honestly, I really it maybe is a guilty pleasure because I don't know if I'm supposed to like these, but. When when the plot revolves around a kid misunderstanding something or mis or miscommunicate something that that is commonplace for adults, like yo know, in the, in this movie the case is the dad tells the kid when the angels win the pennant I'll come back and he doesn't mm. understand he's saying I'm never coming back because the angels mm. are never going to win the pennant mm. and so he's just like help the angels win the pennant and then he's, yo know, it's like you you praise that it's like I think that stuff is really sweet and innocent and cute and like I kind of like it. In the context of a kids' movie, you know, I think I think it's pretty fun. Uh, I, I'm having trouble thinking of others off the top of my head, but like, well, I when, did the, like when the plot uh, revolves around a miscommunication, yeah. like it's kind of cute, you know. Well, and I did like their, like I know we said kid actors aren't great, and the kid who plays JP is yep. the best actor for sure. But I did still like when, and most of this is on JGL, but I did. Like their relationship is mm. cute, and they're they're adorable, and the big brother little brother thing, and JGL having to explain how all this stuff works to the adults who don't get it is fine enough. I their relationship was cute, so yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I liked it. He he was re- the the actor that played JP. So, hmm. um, yeah. No, I just, I think that's all all the things I have to say positive about this movie. Do you have any other positives, Jake? No, we can free reign. Go at it. All right. Well, me, although me... I I have I have a transition point because this is the moment I was waiting for the entire movie. How's it going to play out? How am I going to feel about this? You sort of alluded to it, Adam. As somebody who'd never seen the movie before, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of the thing at the end where he starts doing the angel, and then all of a sudden, the oh, whole crap. stadium's doing the angel? Uh, I, I hated it. it. <laughs> I hated it. I, it was just—it was—it was a—it was a cheesy movie that just poured more melted cheese on top at the end, and it was—it's. Uh, that's Look, correct. it's not made. Yes. It's not made for me. When I when I see movies like this and I have this reaction, it's like I know it's not made for me. Um, so I can give it some credit for that. And it certainly wasn't made to be shown in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Think, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I hate it. I was kind of it was very cringy. Um, but and this isn't meant to be offensive, but that does happen a lot in those American movies. Like it, it yeah. is that whole. Yep, crowd endorsement. Um, and it's it, look, it's sweet and it's cool in a way. But the way it came off for me was just no thanks. Like uh, yeah. Well, and one of the things I didn't remember about this movie um, until I sort of rewatched it as an adult is how like 
after school special like PSA some of the messaging is mm. I mean we had some of this like when I was on and we reviewed uh, first kid with some of the internet stuff this is the same sort of thing like when it comes to like adoption I didn't realize how like after school special PSA some of that stuff fell as yep. far as that stuff went. Um, so yeah that that sort of hit the wrong yeah i don't i think there's you're right the i like what the scene represents of where he goes out and starts flapping his ring, wings like i like how you know the the idea of he's saying he sees an angel without actually seeing you know christopher lloyd or one of his other hmm. like band of accompaniments he's saying i see an angel in the guy that's on the field right now uh he's you know but the whole the, also the message is some like sometimes you just need to believe in you know things outside of your control and 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 it, and things might fall into place. You know, it's like, it's a good message for kids. You know, this is hmm. not a movie made for adults. This isn't a movie made for twenty two people. This is a movie made for kids in nineteen ninety four and nobody yep. else. And like, it's good messaging. It's fine. Yeah, you know, it, you know, the yeah, just like if if you if you're willing to open your imagination and and believe in things, like good things can happen. Hmm. Um, you know, um, it's but you're right. It, it's a little cheesy. You know, I prefer. Yeah, I mean, I prefer. We haven't talked about these two movies on the podcast yet, but like uh, Little Big League and Rookie of the Year, like those two endings, like I much more prefer because they're a lot smarter. But those movies are also just a lot smarter in general. Um, you know, uh, it, yeah, you you can do uh, look even the Sandlot, which came out a year before this, which that mm. shook me because like it looks mm. so much better <clears throat> in every regard. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just this, you know, it's. It, 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 climax of this movie could have been better. I love what it stands for, but yeah, the execution was maybe. Uh, yeah, that's, you're right. Yeah, that's the word I was going to mention. Like you're, you're right. The messaging is all positive. It's all it's all great. But yeah, the execution of the entire movie is not great for me. I think I think there's a really good movie in here somewhere. Like if, yeah. if Disney were to make a live action remake of something like this, yeah. this ha this would have the potential to be something really good, you know. Yep. Um, but it would take a lot of people, you know, getting out of writing tropes from the early '90s and a lot of mm. them, the the these scripts that would just be recycled for kids' movies or whatnot, you know. I mean, this is also like should be known. This is based off of a movie, I believe, in the '50s. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. So this is so this is, is based off of a different movie. I'm I'm kind of interested in watching the original to like yo know, was that a was that a you know different movie kind of more and, and then they just took it and and dumbed it down and not dumbed it down but like it, cheesed it up for kids. I don't like I don't know what the tone is. You know, it. I looked at the synopsis uh, when I was watching this one, and it's the manager in the original who's like a drunk, and he sees angels, and oh. so I have a feeling it feels less, even though, you know, it's the 50s, so they weren't going, like, edgy or anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but mm -hmm. I think I have a feeling if you go back and watch that one, it feels way See, less kiddie than this Alright, well, I'm not interested in that. Like, I'm interested in it still being a movie made for kids. I think the kids imagination the kids you know uh the the kids prayer is is a much better concept for this movie you know to sell it to you know a kid audience but mm -hmm. um but yeah no i think i think it just needs a little better 
like a little a little better execution i'd be really interested in seeing a remake of this you know um, which is really my biggest complaint with this movie is I think it really kind of wants to just be both movies. Like in terms of tone, it wants to be the movie where ha ha ha, the kids keep on messing up the guy's suit with the bow tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also mm-hmm. wants to be, let's have this really inspirational motivational ending and, you know, have a really serious moment with adoption and have a really serious moment with, uh, um, you know, somebody finding out the fate and not being able to do anything about it or change anything about it. I, I just, I, I don't know. I wish it, it either just leaned full on in the cheese and didn't try to be both, or it mm-hmm. did a better job of balancing both. Again, more examples like uh, um, you know, Little Big League and uh, Rookie of the Year, I think, do a better job of that. Um, well, it has, you know. I had a couple other notes that just in my sports brain, like the end, like you said, the ending doesn't work because, like, like there's this whole dramatic tension. As they go towards the last game, like when it gets out into the press, oh, are they going to fire the manager? Look, way worse things have happened. Nobody's firing a manager who's about to take his team to the World Series. Exactly, right? That's not happening. Not happening. They show, and not only that, but they show the, the, the start of this movie, they're, the team is terrible and they're selling like, one percent of the tickets mm-hmm. but they make it to the pennant like in sold out games like almost immediately the impact is seen about no yeah. way that that guy would be at risk of being fired yeah not a chance yeah. no. well and the one thing about the angel thing that didn't work because i didn't quite remember the context is he's coming out and they're acting like they're gonna pull the pitcher in a three-two count also right. not happening. <laughs> you don't pull a pitcher in a three-two count. That's not right. happening. Um, Look, unless you've unless you've got you know Bobby Jenks in two thousand five ready to go, you're not doing that. You know, you know, unless, yeah. you know, oh, I, got, I don't know baseball, and I knew that was just rubbish. Well, and uh, and not only that, but like you get a like you you would do a mound visit before you do that, and he hadn't visited the mound yet, so it's like. Yeah, you just look, take a breath, calm down. You've got mm. this. Here's a little hope. Just one more pitch. That's it. Like, you're, you're absolutely right. You, under no circumstances, would you make that substitution unless you were <laughs> like, I have the best closing pitcher in the world ready to go. He's warmed up. Mm. Um, what you've mentioned about stuff that doesn't age, and maybe this is just me, but, um, and I get that it's a movie and it's going to do movie things, but the whole, um, Manager showing up to the house mm-hmm. and stuff and handing out, like, the whole, for lack of a better term, the whole courtship of the kid to be the new mascot came off a little creepy to me. In <laughs> yeah, especially, especially when batting boy is a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just like, like, this guy's coming around with this kid and it's like, And look, do you think from the Angels to go to be to the worst team in baseball in history to winning the pennant that year, do you think in that time, not one person would have been like, why does that guy keep on looking over at that kid? Like, (laughs) yeah, how did, how did, how, this is really, this, this movie is really just an inflection on how bad the media was at reporting stuff in the early 90s, you know? <laughs> how did not a single person at least ask, why do you keep on talking to that kid over there? And it could, well, be, and it's, 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 it could be, he's a young fan. We need young yeah. fans, you know? Well, and it's not even a reporter. It's the 
play-by-play guy. Yeah. Which, um, I did want to mention this before we left this. He's another performance who also realized what movie he was in and was having yes. a fun time. Yeah, over the way in the top, yeah. way annoying, yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that was fun. I hated the fact that they made the announcer the antagonist of the movie, though. Like, he was a douchebag. Yeah. Like, why, why, why make... They could have made anyone the antagonist. Why Why him? Like, it's kind of weird. That's, that, for is me, there, that, was, that felt weird. Is there somebody in the movie who you felt would have made a, could have been? a better one? Anyone that they, they, could have, they could have shoehorned in anyone that had something to do with... Oh, bring in somebody the, who wasn't in the cast. Like uh, well, they, cast they, they, maybe they could have kept his dad. He's dead in it a bit longer Dermot Mulroney ah, but that's a bit longer. Uh, I, I'm also wondering bad. I'm also wondering about like could they have made the guy that's initially sent to babysit the kids if he doesn't have his turn into loving what's going on you know could they maybe make him the something's up I'm always sent away so the manager could, could like they could have made him mm. the antagonist but I think it's better that the kids win him over but hey, how about, how about the White Sox are always the threat? How about the manager of the White Sox? You know, or yeah, how about like yeah. a, how about a player I, of the White Sox? You know, or or better yet, like again, one of the things Little Big League does really well is it's a known person. Ken Griffey Jr. is the big antagonist at the end of that movie, and it's like Ken Griffey Jr. like one of the best players of baseball of all time. And then they bring in these White Sox for this big Disney production in the early '90s, and they cast a bunch of nobodies for the White Sox. It's like you're telling me you couldn't have brought in Frank Thomas. Come on. Well, and that's the thing. Like, A, I, I figured you'd love your White Sox. Yeah, the, I do love my White Sox. Pennant, He's good the in pennant, Yeah, pennant contender. And then, yeah, it was just, you haven't built this up. It's, by the way, early, early 90s White Sox pennant contender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and, well, they would have... A lot of White Sox fans are angry, though, aren't they? With the strike season, they could have won the World Series. They hadn't had the strike or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was my thing. It was like, yeah, oh, we need a villain. Time to bring his oafish, obviously, like, roided up, like, spitting right. tobacco, scar on his face, slugger. Yeah, like, are you really telling me you couldn't pull in, you know, like a Mark McGuire or a Sammy Sosa, you know, in the, you know, in this time, a Barry Bonds, you know, like, are you really telling me you couldn't do that? And if you didn't want to spend the money to do that, like, couldn't you just like had they, they don't even play the White Sox before the pennant? At least we don't see like, come on. Yeah, there's no mid, you know, before and after to show how far they've come or something. Right. Make that the first game we see. You know, sure. where they get beat seven nothing. Yo, and 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 have the guy that's the big threat have him just obliterate them the entire game in the beginning. Yeah, and he's mm. he's your primary antagonist because when he steps up to the plate, it means something, not just some roided up dude with a scar on his cheek playing <laughs> professional baseball that's way too overweight to play professional baseball. Uh, doesn't even look like muscle; he just looks pudgy. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, I only had one other note, and I just thought it was really interesting because there was a lot of people criticizing uh, uh, a U.S. Senate person about this recently. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt ends his prayer with "Amen" and "A women," and I was just like, "This is the uh, stupidest thing." But like, there was like a congressperson that said that last year, and we were all making fun of him on Twitter. And like, mm-hmm. but at least, like, at least when it's a kid, you're like, "Oh, he's just a kid." Like, yeah. <laughs> and he starts off the prayer by saying. Yeah. By saying, like, you know, man, woman, whatever you are, whatever. It's just, like, whatever. And the two are not connected, you know. But hmm. Anyway, I just I thought that was really funny. So. I didn't pick up on that, to be honest. 
I mean, it's just yeah, it's some some politician in in the states about a year ago. Um, I, I I think said something. Oh, no, no, it wasn't a politician. It was a it was a it was a politician. Maybe a pastor. I don't know. And ended a a prayer by saying "Amen" and "A women," and everybody was just yeah. like, "I I know you what you're trying to do, but yeah. this isn't it." I know you're trying to 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 vie for e- to be an advocate for equal rights, but like that's okay. not what "Amen" means. No, I, I, I've got it. Um, oh, now it doesn't give me the words it just gave me. Um, quote from U.S. Rep. Emanuel Cleaver, who added "A woman" to the traditional "Amen" in a prayer to open up the 117th Congress in January 2021. I thought it was a politician, but then I was like, wait, why would a politician be allowed to pray publicly? But I was like, all right, you know. Anyway, so yes, Republican, or not Repo- Democrat, uh, representative. Uh, mm. Yep, uh, from, from uh, well, it says he's, he's a Methodist minister. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> no, that's, yeah. Anyway, uh, I just thought that was funny. So, uh, yeah, I'm out of notes, but I'm happy to let, entertain you guys on, on whatever else you have to say and contribute. I just don't have anything I'm, else specifically written. I've just got one more really minor thing where I think I could pinpoint where I was, knew I wasn't going to like the movie um, was when they were in the tree watching the game. And I, I saw that the cop was in the stand. I'm like, this cop's going to pull him up for being in this tree, which is nothing wrong with it. Like, don't put the tree there if you don't want people to climb it and watch for free. And then the kid, any kid nowadays that was told, get out of that tree, you're not watching this game for free, they would just, you know, there'd be a very different reaction to them actually just climbing down from the tree. So I was like, I know that seems really minor, but it just bugged me. It bugged me for the rest of the movie. Yeah, the security guard was annoying. But in that moment's defense, I think they show after they get down from the tree that they'd climbed through a hole in the fence. So they were actually... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I probably picked my phone actually, up when that happened. <laughs> they were they were definitely yeah. trespassing because they go on a sign that says angels, uh, like it's staff. Personnel only. Yeah, yeah, but but also like, you know, not in defense of him. How does he only notice kids in a tree watching a game when one of them shouts? Like they'd been there for a while. <laughs> that was not the that was not the yeah. opening pitch. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice inning, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Just about. It was the main thing, you're right. Uh, yeah. I'm out. So. All right. Yeah, um, uh, all right. Uh, I'm pretty sure we know your answer, Adam. Are you, are you going to recommend this movie? If, if Look, if somebody either has this movie in their memory or not, like, who, if anybody, are you recommending this to? Friends with young kids. Like, between yeah. four and nine. Maybe ten. But specifically uh, not... to watch with their kids, not just, you know, if you have kids, you would like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry, not just watch because you have like kids, it. but yeah, exactly. Yeah. For the kids to watch it, yes. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Who, if anybody, are you recommending this to? Yeah, same group, uh, Adam, is because there are, there are worse movies you could have to sit through with, with your kids. Mm. So I do, I do think it still hits that demographic. And then I think... Um, if you watched it a lot as a kid, I think there's enough where it can still skate by on the nostalgia and still be enjoyable because it was for me. So I think it's another one where if you have the nostalgia, I think give it a nice shot. 
Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll just totally agree with you guys. Um, I don't have enough nostalgia for me to say that uh, I would have would have recommended checking this out again. Uh, it, yeah, it's if you have a lot of nostalgia like Jake, I'm sure you could get a good time out of this. Uh, but yeah, if you have if you have young kids, especially if your kids are really into sports or baseball, if they haven't seen this movie, like it's look, it's not it's not a baseball heavy movie. Uh, you know, it's it's not hmm. it, it doesn't have a lot of baseball playing in it specifically, but like. It's it, it's a fine time. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Like it's, it, it, I don't know. I just gotta think. There's better options out there too. So like, I'm very very softly recommending it to the audience that you guys said. Um, yeah. But but I'm I'm not at all com- like firmly comfortable in saying. Well, yeah, if you sl- liked this movie, you could check it out. Or if you have kids, you should check it out. Yeah, the, the slapstick hum- humor in it would be enough to keep young kids entertained to watch the whole Neil- thing. And Neil McDonough is enough to keep adults entertained. Yeah. Just watch yeah. him anytime he's on the screen, whether he's in the background yeah. or not. So he's definitely a highlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, the Sandlot. This is available. You can stream it on Disney Plus or Hulu uh, without ads. Uh, not from TNT. So Disney Plus or Hulu, uh, 1993 film. Uh, what is your history with the, with this movie? Uh, let's go in uh, reverse order. Uh, Adam, you picked this. Why did you? Uh, why did you pick it, and uh, kind of what's um, your history with the movie? Yeah, I remember watching this again. I was probably I would have been in my mid teens when this came. This came out in '93, right? So I would have yeah. been in my mid mid teens when this came out. But um, I don't even know where or how I watched it. Probably rented it on video back in the day. Um, but I remember it was really liking it. Um, I probably watched it with my family because my mum is actually a fan of baseball movies for some reason. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know why. Um, well, how how popular is baseball in Australia? I mean, not it, at all. Well, That's what I thought. I mean, when I say it... not at all, we, we, we do in in, Olymp- in the in the Olympics. If I can put my tongue back in, um, we actually do all right in baseball. We normally come fourth or fifth in in world competitions, but it's not played widely. I don't know how we do that good, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> but I think you know. It's, it's well, it's, be, it's because before. same fundamentals as cricket, and you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it is. Like it is a similar. It's similar, right? So same fundamentals, but very different sports. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Kind of like the same how you know, like uh, you know, something like hockey and lacrosse might be, or football and lacrosse. That maybe that's a better yeah. American football and lacrosse. Um, yeah, possibly. No. Um, no. Yeah, no so, so what he's oh, yes. Yeah, football Sorry. and rugby would be a better rugby. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Hockey and lacrosse would be fine. So anyway, yeah, um, your mom loves um, baseball movies for some reason. Yeah, um, I should ask her actually why she does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my history is this: look, I remember watching and loving it because it was that summer holiday feel. Honestly, the whole um, you guys get three months summer holidays in America. When I was growing up, we had maybe two months. Um, I don't know, it's actually shortened now, um, but it just has that feel about it. You know, hanging out with your mates because this is what we used to do on summer holidays. We'd play, go to the park. Up the you know up the street and play cricket with a whole bunch of us. So just that whole feel of just hanging out with your mates and having a good time and um, getting into mischief. Blah blah blah. Um, we did have we actually had a dog where we used to hit cricket balls into the yard and mm-hmm. a big rot wheeler that we had no hope of ever getting back. It was the most evil thing and everyone was scared of it. Um, so it was quite relatable, I think, for me. Um, and I remember um, I probably watched it again in my 20s and still enjoyed it. And then this came up and I watched it again very recently and I still still really liked it. Like, it's, it's it holds up pretty well. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get history. to your official rating in just a second. Uh, yeah, yes. Sorry, I yeah, always yeah. jump ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Jake, uh, Jake mm-hmm. history with this movie for you. Yeah, this is uh, one of those weird ones for me because I played Little League Baseball till I 
think I was like 12 was my last year. And I think I, I, I was trying to think when I saw it, and it was either late middle school, early high school. It's one of those movies that's just like shorthand around the baseball diamonds. And then you tell people, oh yeah, I've, I've never seen The Sandlot. They're like, what? You play baseball. You're a baseball fan. How have you never seen this movie? And so it's, it's one of those weird things where it, um, it's not necessarily, it wasn't necessarily nostalgic for me because I watched it sort of hmm. a little later uh, than I would have thought I would. But yeah, I think I might have been in high school by the time I got around to it. Just, it, yep. it just wasn't one I watched when I was a little younger. So Yeah, uh, this movie is one of those that, like, for me... I don't know that there was ever a bigger staple film in my household than The Sandlot um, growing up. Like, I think that during the formative ages, I don't know that there was ever a movie that was on more consistently than The Sandlot. I mean, just all the time, frequently, somebody would have this movie on. Um, you know, and we, we had a lot of movies. Sure, lots of movies would be on. And But I, I just I can't help but think that if you asked me what's a movie I think I've seen the most times... Like, it, not necessarily intentionally, not, you know, especially once I started really getting into movies in the high school, but for sure the Sailot would have to be up there. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of time watching this in my preformative years. Um, yeah, and then I, I think it's one of those, I don't know that I've ever fully revisited since maybe like the mid aughts. Um, but it's one of those that frequently, like back when I had cable, if I was looking for background noise, you, if you come across the Sailot, it goes on. Um, or, you know, if I'm at home, my parents still had cable or tv or whatever like you know if you come across it you turn it on you watch it for 20 minutes and you're able to you know you turn it off it's fine you know um, mm -hmm. i don't know the last time i fully watched this movie um uh, yeah I, w I would probably have to take a guess and say probably somewhere around like 2005 if not a little earlier but um yeah uh Sinlot. 1993 in the summer of 1962 a new kid in town is taken under the wing of a young baseball prodigy and his rowdy team resulting in many adventures uh adam you already again you already kind of tipped your hat a little bit uh do you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay um high side of low side of loved it actually low side of love okay and uh jake how about you uh, when I first saw it initially, it was one of those films that had sort of been built up so much, and then I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, that's just okay. Uh, second watch away from that, I'm going to bump it up slightly. I'll go low side of liked it. I'm, okay. I'm up right. into liked it on this film. All right, all right. Guys, I love, love, love this movie. Big, big fan. This got, awesome. this, this brought back all the memories, um, mm. and... I was so afraid of a lot of the moments you remember this from this movie. I was so afraid of them just being like cringy and cheesy and just like, oh man, I can't believe we liked that back in the day. But I, I really yeah. can't think of hardly anything that I don't like about this movie. And just mm -hmm. the vibe, the energy, the mood that it brings is just, oh, I love it. Um, I love, love, love this movie. I had it at a four and a half star rating. I bumped it up mm -hmm. to a five because this is great. Yeah, nice. um, okay. Uh, where do we want to start talking about this? Well, you're the one who gushes, so, uh, where do you want to start? Let's talk about how, oh gosh, um, gosh, so many, so many choices. Let, uh, my favorite part, um, if you're having trouble thinking of a start, yeah. my favorite part is the whole, is the ball retrieval scene. 
Yes. Like once they realize, oh, they it's his stepdad's ball, um, mm. right? Stepdad, it's his stepdad. Yes. Uh, yes. It's signed by Babe Ruth. We have got to get this thing back. We don't have another on. Again, another montage. I, I guess all you have to do is put a montage, and I love it. I don't let's, know what the yeah. movie, but, um, let's, then, yeah. I want to start by talking about the humor of this movie, um, yeah. I think, actually, because it holds up really well. Because there's there, look, there's a certain element of grace. It's an early 90s movie, and sure, it gets away with a lot more than a, than a modern movie would. But honestly, like not mm-hmm. much more. Um, but because it's also set in the early 60s, like there's a lot that they're just like, mm. I, look, I obviously wasn't alive then. This is this is when my mom grew up in the 1960s. Now, she didn't grow up in L.A. She grew up in Virginia. But still, like you would just shout inside, mom, I'm going out for a while. I don't know when I'll mm-hmm. be back. Like and, and you know, she, she'd be like, that's how it was. And that was OK. And you would come home and have five or six friends with you for dinner. And mom just knew to yeah. expect that, you know, and like. Again, not having grown up, like it just it gets away with a lot of that kind of stuff. But then there's just like added uh, humor elements of. Uh, so I, I brought that up to bring up like specifically the tobacco scene where they do a bunch of chew mm. and then realize oh, that yeah, the chew was yeah. gross. And then, uh, <laughs> um, or, or even specifically like the, the humor, like yeah, the swimming pool one. But the specifically, mm. like I'm thinking of the moment where where he tells them that it's um, that it's signed by Babe Ruth, and they're just like, some mm. girl signed it, Ruth. Baby Ruth, like babe, we're like the, you know, and they start telling him, you know, the 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 phrases that they used to describe to him early, and he had no idea, and it's just like, oh, this person, like, yeah. my dad is gonna kill me, like, yeah, so like the, I don't know, there's there's a lot about the humor that works. There's a lot, and a lot of that's on the kids, right? It's a lot about the way that they yeah. play, they play it. Yeah. So, just, well, and then the trash talking. Um, yeah, either, you play ball like between, a girl. Yeah, yes. either be, between the friends or between the rivals while they're on the day. That felt so authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And like you make fun of your friends more than you f- make fun of your enemies. That's like, yeah, like that felt super authentic. Well, and speaking of uh, speaking of uh, montages, how about the montage with uh, with the catcher just you know <laughs> trash talking all the back? <laughs> Um, but yeah, no. Then um, the uh, also speaking of montages, this movie is so good at placing music. Um, it, it really helps. Uh, Adam, you were talking about how this movie is just kind of a vibe of like, yeah, summer you go, you hang out with your friends or mates, as you yeah. put it, um, and like it's 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 just a straight wave of nostalgia. Just like, yeah, this is the way we used to do it. And it used to be you know a lot of fun, and obviously not to the extent, at least for me. Uh, of you know what this movie portrays but yeah like that that sense of freedom and like every single day let's go play baseball because we can and yeah um you know and and it just kind of but like the music really makes it like every time a song comes up i'm just like yeah like let's go yeah yeah and 60s music is awesome music when it's in the right context as well yeah um yeah you're talking about the when i was talking about the related relatability for it and then you know, growing up in the 60s. I don't know that it was much different in the 80s and even early 90s where growing up in my neighbourhood, all the whole neighbourhood knew each other. So we all we all did that. We all just went out and seeing mum and dad, the parents were glad to get us out of the house. Uh, and, yeah. you know, you're out if it's, it's sunny and, you know, there was no fear of the sun back then, so no sunburn type of thing. And um, we just went, went out for the day. We come back when the sun was starting to set, have some food, go to bed, wake up and do it the next day. Um it was, um, yeah, having your own action adventure. So, 
yeah, I think the re- a lot of the reason I love this movie is because action adventure is my favourite genre. Really, like it's it's a real cosy, homey mm-hmm. feeling for me. So yeah, I'm able to relate to that because so we did have our own action and action and adventure back back when I was growing up, just out and about with your friends and yeah, getting into trouble or tr- trying to not get into trouble. Anyway, right. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I picked up on something this rewatch that I don't know where to put it in other than just like, it was just something I'd never thought about because here's the thing for a movie like this, like it, it's kind of like Angels in the Outfield where you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm just going with it. This is more of a vibe than it is a story because there's not really a story here, right? The story is this kid trying to adapt into a, a new group mm. of friends and it eventually becomes, we got to get this ball back, but that's really a lot less of the percentage of the runtime than we think. Um, that if you remember, it's mi- yeah, yeah, it's like the last twenty or thirty minutes or something like that, and it's just it's just exclusively that for a while. But for the most part, it's just about this kid's summer and and getting involved with this group of uh, making friends and uh, yeah. Um, but it's but I was, it's yeah, and and it works for a lot of reasons like that. But it um, yeah, it was just one of those like it was something I thought about because you know this isn't a check your brain at the door of this movie but this is but this is mm. a, you're not really going to need your brain except for your endorphins yeah. but like if he's playing catch with his dad at the house earlier yeah surely they're not using the babe ruth ball in the backyard which means surely there's another baseball he could have grabbed <laughs> that's a good point that's a really good point like and I guess you know maybe he doesn't know where it's stored and all that but yeah like yeah. you know and we see him stare at the babe ruth ball but it's like if they're playing catch, like there's no way they're playing catch with the Babe Ruth ball. Even the dumbest kid would realize if this ball's on display, it must mean something, right? As well, especially with all this well, other baseball display he has in the room. So I think he realizes. Realize. I think the movie goes to great pains to say he knows how much it means because even though he doesn't know what it means that it was signed by Babe Ruth, he still has a lot of hesitancy about yeah. it, and he still has a lot of courage to get up to it. I think it's more so just meant to say he doesn't have a good relationship with his stepdad. And his dad hasn't mm. really reciprocated that. Finally, people are showing him attention and people are around him that he really likes mm-hmm. um, and that really like him. And it's it's worth the sacrifice of one relationship for those other. I think that's a little bit more along those lines of thinking. It doesn't matter what that ball means or what it's worth. What matters is I have an opportunity to, to save the day with these friends that I've made. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly the read I got out of it. It yeah. was more about, wait, no, the fun doesn't have to end i can say i may not be the best player but i can i can do this for us and make yeah. sure this doesn't well, they're also right they're here. also pretty adamant about pretty early on that you know when it's really hot and they go to the pool they're pretty adamant about saying like all benny wanted to do all day rain show they even said like tidal wave whatever mm. he's playing baseball yeah. um, but the only other thing he would tolerate would be going to the pool so it's like they got kicked out of the pool they got banned so like <laughs> There's no alternatives. If they can't play baseball, like, I'm sure they could hang out, but, like, Betty's not going, or Betty's going to be mad the whole time. Like, and Betty's the heart and soul of this movie. So, like, Mm. yeah, so, like, that's also, like, an extra added of, like, they're playing baseball or they're not doing anything that day, um, or it's going to be a bad day, you know, so... So like it's 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 his opportunity to kind of save the day and uh, yeah I mean he did de- he definitely didn't expect it to hit it out of the park uh, especially on the first swing no. and yeah. what's up with the pitcher not seeing the not taking a look at the ball before he throws it <laughs> yeah. um, to the opposite side where the signature wasn't <laughs> you know. yeah yeah 
or maybe he's just too excited. But anyway, do, yeah. The, like, do, you, do you guys get um, maybe a slight digression? But the whole time I watched this again, um, one of my all-time favorite movies is just giving me vibes of um, Stand by Me, just with that yes. mateship. Yep. It's very yeah, hanging out for the summer with your mates and, and making those connections and. Stand by yeah. me is a little bit more story driven because that movie yeah. opens with we heard about a dead body down, but you know, and, and yeah. it kind of ends with them coming back. But but yes, it's overall a, it's vibe a of yeah, it, it's it's an overall yeah. This is this is ultimately a movie plot is kind of circumstantial, but it's mm. it's ultimately a movie. And there's also a difference in relationships in terms of that was a close knit group of friends versus here's an outsider trying to break into a close, close knit group of friends. Yeah. yeah. But you can, you can definitely feel the influence with older yes. version of kid, no age, you know, key coming of age moment, mm-hmm. you know, with the group of mm. friends, you can definitely uh, sort of feel the influence. Um, it took from that film. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And look, if you're pulling influences from mm. stand by me, like that's a pretty good place to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, uh, we talked last month about half the half, half the cast of Heavyweights is in Mighty Ducks. This is the other half. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, it's just um, the the pitcher kid, uh, De, De, De Nunez, um, is in the first two Mighty Ducks films, um, and Benny is in the sec- the second and third Mighty Ducks film. He plays uh, uh, he plays another fast person. Um, uh, I think those are really the the main two, but. Yeah, those two are not in Heavyweights and are in the Mighty Ducks movies. I've never, ever seen a Mighty Ducks movie. Yeah, they're great. So, yeah, yeah, I think, no, those, are, I'll, I think I'll, those are the only two that are in Heavyweights. But I just like, hey, more Heavyweights cast. Yeah. Um, um, like, at least for me, because um, only a few of the, the actual cast, a, a lot of the team, this is the thing with it being all spread out. Like, you only get... A few of them have, like, you know, multiple moments. And, like, particularly for me, um, and obviously being a baseball kid, you're killing me, Smalls, is the mm-hmm. one everybody still says. We had a kid nicknamed Smalls on my baseball team. Yep. So my coach used it all the time. And sort of rewatching this for a second time, uh, Porter really does uh, – stand out for me um yeah as far as the, the cast of characters go well and what and he's the only one that really had a career after this nobody else in this movie of, of kids at least you know obviously james earl jones had a career um but he already had a solidified career before this uh n- n- you know, none of the other none of the other kids um like really some of them like act a little bit and then stop um the the guy that plays benny he had done a couple of tv spots he did the sandlot he did the second two mighty ducks movies and then he had like just quit acting, and he it, it, mm. also um, uh, talking about the um, the Disney Plus series that's coming about that we talked about that earlier, um, I think right or was that before we were recording? Uh, no, we talked about uh, that. No, we talked about it on the pod. Yeah, um, the entire original cast is coming back, so like that's a yeah. real delight. Yeah, it's not they're not having to recast anybody, um, and that makes me really happy. But it's like. It most you know Benny does. If anybody was going to make it, Benny was going to make it, and I, I think he could have. He just um, uh, he he quit. I read he quit acting to become a firefighter. It's like all right, mm-hmm. um, uh, but yeah, any any of the kids, uh, like Nunez doesn't really do. But Porter had a semi decent career there because he was also in. A, he was in a lot of these like Disney '90s films. Like he was in The Big Green, which is also on yeah. the nostalgia list. Um, 
I, he even like kind of made a little bit of a resurgence when he like got a little bit older. Um, like I think he did a couple more of those like raunchy comedies. Like I think he did a couple of like the early two thousands last National Lampoon's movies. But oh, yeah, okay. really, really none of these uh, none of these kids went on for any careers. But like they're all great. So. Yeah, they are. They are all great. It, that's quite surprising. None of them became stars. I mean, I'm sure it was just a lot of them didn't didn't want to stick it out, and a lot of them mm. maybe just were thrown into it and didn't really want to. And, you know, it's especially if, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I don't know like how, um, how people typically thought about it, but maybe they were just only interested. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a movie about kids being kids and playing sports, you know? Uh, and it sounds, it sounds like from what I read, the, the, um, the set was a lot of fun to be on too. Like okay. it, like the, the writer director said it was the best summer of his life shooting this movie. I mean, uh, it comes across like, yeah, you can tell they're, yeah. they're having fun. Um, yeah. You, you mentioned there was no story. Maybe that might be why I'm just on liked it. Because, like, even coming in the second time, since I didn't really connect to it as much as I hoped I would, like, with it just being sort of a slice of life, like, there are points where I, there are moments, there are a lot of great moments in this film, like the lifeguard scene and the ball retrieval scene. But, like, when it's not having a moment for me, that's where it sort of wanes. But, like, okay. you can definitely tell the kids are having a lot of fun. And that definitely comes through. See, I had a kind of opposite experience to you, actually, this time watching it. Um, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, where it's like, this, this, and this might just be one of these movies to people, but it's either having a moment or it's not, you know, it's, it's the camp, it's the treehouse scene where they're telling the story about how the, mm. the beast became the beast. But then it's like, you know, not really much until they go to the pool and then it's not really much until, you know, whatever. But the thing that really stuck out to me this time was watching it was how like there was narrative connectedness to it. And like, it, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, the, this is absolutely a slice of life. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. type of movie, but they don't go to the pool just to go to the pool. They kind of work it in. They're like, we went to play baseball. It was really hot. This is the only yeah. other thing Benny will tolerate. So we went to the pool. And they don't go to the carnival just to go to the carnival. You know, they're like, we mm-hmm. we played a game and we won and we wanted to celebrate. And uh, yeah. like, it just seems like every big moment, like it had, it had a reason, you know, base, baseball was the through line. I played every, baseball yes. with some kids every all summer. If they were ever doing anything else, you know, one day, one day, these, these antagonist kids show up and they say, um, you know, they say, uh, um, uh, you know, we, they, they want to pick on them. Uh, they want to pick on Benny specifically. And then they go, they go play them the next day, you know, uh, mm. like there, there's lots of connective tissue here and sure you get kind of just pockets of, all right, we're playing baseball at an indistinguished amount of time down the road, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah. So there is some of that, but I was just like, you're right. I remember the carnival. I remember them throwing up on it. I remember the, I remember a lot of the moments, but like they're actually really connected well. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, all right, I, I have a, I have, I have one note about the ending um, sequences. I really love movies that um, that end when they're like, and here's what happened to this person. Especially when mm. you talk about kids, you know, Stand by Me does this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love endings where they're like, and here's how this. You know, even the first Anchorman does that, where they're like, and they went on to do this. Yeah. And, and when they're comedies, they're a lot funner because they're a lot yeah. more, you know, ridiculous. You know. Uh, yeah, whatever they are, um, I can't remember. The one with Brick Tamlin was hilarious, though. I can't. He went on to marry some model, and they had like twelve kids or whatever. Um, was it Giselle Bunchen or something? From what? Brick, didn't Brick Tamlin marry Giselle Bunchen or someone? 
was, I, was I can't tell you. No, it couldn't have been because it was sitting in the 70s, my bad. But they have a, a ton of kids. I remember that being a joke. Um, yeah, that's my, that's one of my favorite tropes too. That's that's always yeah. Mm. Well, and I and I like how they I like how they did it here, but also I, I'm kind of torn because I love I love this trope. I really love I really love when movies do this, especially if it's done well. And f- usually it's done well. There's a lot of movies that don't need it, but typically comedies or kids stuff works really mm. well. Um, it's really refreshing to see that not every single person becomes super famous, right? Because a lot of times you have this. Yeah. And they're like, and this person went on to become, you know, Barry Bonds. And this person went on to become, you know, mm. the CEO of Microsoft. And this person, you know, like, <laughs> they're, they're oftentimes like, and this, they kind of do that a little bit with some of these. They're like, and and Timmy and his brother wind up to go be uh, an architect and a construction person. And then also mm. they invented mini malls. And I was like, oh, come on now. Like, you couldn't have just yeah. had him be an architect. You know? <laughs> but they have like. But they have squints be just like he married Wendy. They had nine kids and they bought the local drugstore. It's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, yeah. uh, like I love when they do like not everybody has to super, super succeed. Although most of these kids do. Um, or one of the kids is just he got really into the 60s and nobody's heard from him since. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> drunk. Yeah. And it's also uh, really funny because these kids are what, 12 and 13 maybe? And yeah. it's already 1962, so it's like this kid really got into it in high school. <laughs> um, no, but the, but kind of the one thing that I really wish the movie would have done better. I, so I guess I do have a negative for this movie. There doesn't seem to be a lot of reasoning behind wh- why the kids end up where they do. Now, I get it. This is before they're really thinking about long-term plans. All they want to do is play baseball and hang out with their friends. But, um, you know. Squints uh, marries Wendy, which we know he wants to do, and they buy the local drugstore that they used to buy baseballs from. Sure, but like, who knows? He, who knew he wanted to be a business owner? And um, uh, the the Dununya is the pitcher. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he they say he plays triple A ball, and then becomes a he owns his own small business and coaches. It's like who knew, like when have we ever seen him express an interest in uh, in business? And Porter becomes a yeah. pro wrestler. It's like. When has he ever referenced that? And then, um, uh, oh, the, 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 and then the twins with the architect, the architect and uh, yeah. and contractor. It's like, when have they ever shown interest in building things? Anytime they build things to retrieve the ball, like you get the idea that it was Smalls's idea or it was the group's collective idea. You know, small because he brings out his erector set. Like, I don't know. It's, like that could have been a good opportunity to be like, oh yeah, they're really good at designing things. They built this treehouse or they designed this treehouse, whatever. Like, I don't know. Like it just kind of. I think it shows the. Uh, I see what you're saying with a movie. It probably should connect to what's happened in the movie. But the randomness of life. None of us end up being what we plan to be at that age, do we? Really? No, and like that's why I'm willing to forgive it. But at the same yeah. time, like you couldn't show me just a small interest of you know yeah. uh, of these kids interested in designing things, or you couldn't show me mm. just a small. Yeah, yeah, goes that, to the military. Might be in the why? deleted scenes. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, yeah. they actually say the parents come to boarding school, so I guess that that kind of explains it. But like, you know, and I guess I guess Bertram, if he got really into the '60s, well, he's the one that brought the chew. But anyway, it's just like they. Yeah. It, right. it's, it's. I don't know. It, it's it, it. It just felt like they wanted to just say things to be funny, and that's fine. Yeah. But this movie, but Anchorman can do that and get away with it because the whole tone of that movie is outright ridiculous. Absurd, but Sandlot is, yeah. is 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 a nice slice of life, and so they don't. I know it didn't fit. So yeah, maybe uh, that's the one thing. Yeah, maybe that's the thing that's just sort of still kind of holding me back. Like we were talking a bit with the slice of life type thing is like because 
there there were re- obviously with us doing a fantasy cast there were mm-hmm. reasons I was trying to like get something to hold on to with some of these kids like either throughout the movie or at the end where they where they're telling us what happens to them and I think one of the reasons maybe a I still don't quite connect to it as much as everybody else does and B, I had trouble with the fantasy cast, is for the vast majority of these kids, outside of maybe Benny, Porter, and Smalls, like, we don't get a whole ton with any of them to really... I didn't get much of a feel for any personality on most of the, most of the team. Sure. So maybe that's why I still sort of struggle with it, is I was specifically for this one, I was looking to get a little more on some of these other kids. And it really that's is... Fair. Yeah. They, they get it screen really time, but the thing. only characteristic that all of them have is they want to play baseball. Right. Mm. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I understand that. I think there's, I think there's some subtle personality stuff that happens in each one. Um... You know, especially if you look at the interaction when uh, when small smalls first joins, like I think that's really telling of like how people choose mm. to interact um, and then how they choose to cope and then accept it. So I think they have subtle stuff, but you're absolutely right. Um, they, these are all pretty interchangeable. Um, you know, it, the kids are great, but it doesn't necessarily matter that any particular kid is in the movie. They just needed nine for a full team. Yeah. Mm. Yep. All right, I'm all out of notes. Anybody else got anything to add on? Um, yeah, I love the dog stuff's great, like I said. Yeah. Uh, James Jones showing up for five minutes mm-hmm. is fantastic, because what else? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, still better than First Kid, which this director also did. <laughs> That's right. So, I, I, do like, I do like this one better. Um I, I did forget. Um, I have I have one more note, and that's um, this movie does its t- does its due diligence for baseball. Um, you know, uh, th- there's a moment where during Betty's vision and Babe Ruth comes out. Babe Ruth played by Art Lafleur, um, and, and and as he's leaving, he grabs a Henry Aaron card, a Hank Aaron card. And he's like, I don't know why, but I want this. Can I have this? And he's like, Sure. And Hank Aaron beats. He's the all time uh, home run record. I think. He, does he still or no? It's okay. Not. That's what I thought. I couldn't remember if Barry Bonds beat it or not. But Hank, but Hank Aaron beat Babe Ruth and was the long time. So it's like, it, just a nice little touch. Babe Ruth just being, I don't know why, but I want this. Can I have this? Like, like yeah, this kind of shows they know their stuff. You know, a little, like a lot. Well, there's a lot of really subtle things for baseball fans, yeah. but not anything that like people that have no interest well, in baseball would care about. Although the one thing I noticed at the end at the very end of the movie that I just know because I've heard, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio and they mm-hmm. sort of bring this up when this movie's discussed. Like, uh, Smalls is a, a radio announcer and he's yeah. doing play-by-play and at the end, he's getting all excited calling Benny's uh, steal of home run, which is great. I just wish any of the people listening to the radio could have actually heard his call, but they can't. Because <laughs> he's he standing up nowhere though, near the mic. Yeah, <laughs> to the back of his portion of the booth, 20 feet away from the mic, so no one could hear it. Well, and is, instead of continuing like a play-by-play is supposed to do, it's just like, unbelievable, Benny the Jet Red Run is just a whole lot of... Like, He's just smiling, not saying anything. Like, yeah, yeah, and giving his friend a thumbs up. Yeah, nobody cares. You know him. Everybody listening on the radio was like, 
what's going on? <laughs> Everybody in the stands, who's he sticking his thumbs up to? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, any other notes, Jake? No, I'm good. All right, I am full-throatedly recommending this to everybody and everybody, regardless on your care, everybody and anybody, regardless of how you care about sports or baseball or whatever. Um, this is a great all-around movie. Everybody can find something to love in it. Um, everybody can find lots of things to love in it. Uh, uh, Adam, what about you? Yeah, seconded exactly what you just said. Yep. Sweet. And Jake, you're a little bit lower on us. Who are you, who are you recommending this to? Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's... I think anybody could like this film. So I think it still gets sort of a, a blanket recommend. <laughs> no, he said he liked it. No, I like no, it now. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I do think the one, because uh, I think there's a sports angle. But like you said, even if you don't like sports, there's, it's got the coming of age thing. It's got the period piece thing. The only sliver of people I might not recommend it to was where I had the issue the first time around, whereas if you're big into baseball and this has been talked up to you for death, to death, there's a slight chance you might be underwhelmed or something because that was my how issue. About, but How about this? Watch The Sandlot 2 yes, and then watch well, The Sandlot. <laughs> but if, if you're a baseball fan, there's also no reason you shouldn't have seen this. So I think, That's true. you know, it's you should watch it. Just watch the same. Everybody's got this Disney Plus at this point, so you can watch it. And if you don't, you got Hulu. So, um, yeah, no, for real, this is this is for sure um, one of the best kids movies ever made. One of the best mm-hmm. baseball movies ever made. Yeah, that's what I. I think that's what I wrote in my letterbox review. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Um, on that same note, let's uh, do a fantasy cast. Uh, we're ca- we're casting a sequel. We each kind of came at this from a little bit different of approach. So before we dive into that, let's kind of talk about the approach. Um, I'll just say um, I'm, I'm fantasy casting a sequel. I read that the series is supposed to take place in 1984, which would put these at at mid 30s ages. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm going for. Although maybe flooding ages a little bit, but somebody that could conceivably play um, these kids. As, um, you know, uh, just before middle age, you know, young family kind of stage. Um, yeah, uh, which also I'm curious now if this sequel series is supposed to take place in 1984. I think this I think that the announcing time was supposed to take place in real time in 1993. So, does that mean that Benny's at his prime of his career when this comes out? We'll just have to find out. Um, well, I guess, no, I guess he wouldn't, 62, no, never mind, that wouldn't make sense. There's no way it takes place in real time in, in 1993, because Benny wouldn't still be in the pros. He would have been in his 40s, right? Yeah. Oh, at least he wouldn't have looked that good in the pros. You know, people complain in their 40s. Mm-hmm. If designated hitter, you know. Um, you know, David Ortiz. They can't steal Thomas. home in their 40s. They can't steal home. That's right. Um, anyway, um, so mid-80s is when the show, the sequel series is supposed to take place. Uh, so that's kind of what I went for. Um, yeah. Uh, not not necessarily any particular reason other than it just kind of gave me a, a frame of mindset. We could you could chose to do a media an immediate sequel or you know present day where it's you know Christopher Walken and Al Pacino and uh, a bunch of old people um, playing these roles. But uh, that's kind of what I did. Uh, Adam, you did something similar, yeah? Yeah, I set mine up for the guys to be in their yeah around mid thirties. Um, so just yeah, as the Pretty much exactly what you did, to be honest. Yeah, nice. Uh, and to to be clear, I don't think any of us. Um, I, I specifically avoided it. I don't think any of us have 
any of the original kids returning, even though they're all great. And we're excited to have them back for the series. Yeah. Also, so I don't have any of the kids. I do have one returning cast member, but it's not one of the kids. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't. I the way I sort of went about it is, I just looked at some of the ages, or some of the birth years, of the kids, on IMDb, and sort of tried to have my current cast members be born around the same time the kids. I don't have any um, any of the returning cast, although as sort of a uh, if they want to, if they want to bring James Earl Jones back for this this sequel series, I wouldn't oppose that, but he's yeah, sort yeah. of a minor bit. Yeah, I was thinking if I was thinking it would be fun to either, you know, to do that. Or, I mean, this isn't a reboot, so you can't quite bring in, you know, somebody like Benny to play that role anymore. Um, you know, the actor that played Benny, or even the actor that played Smalls, you can't have them play the crotchety old person with the dog like you could in a reboot. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it's conceivable. He's, he's older, but it's conceivable that he could... Uh, he could he could appear in the I would ho- I would love it if he appeared. Um, okay, so that's kind of the ways that we went about this. Um, we all casted the nine kids. Um, I said, and maybe throw in an antagonist or two, uh, a writer and a director. And Adam's like, well, I already casted the parents as well. And I was like, okay, well, we'll leave that optional. So um, I didn't cast the parents. Um, so that's what we got. So so kind of a long list here, but uh, hmm. um. Let's start. I have this order here on the on my notes. If you guys want to follow along uh, with that order, I don't know what order you had them in, but I figured these are probably biggest screen time. Um, uh, so we'll start with Smalls. Um, Jake, let's start with you. Who's your Smalls? Uh, this was actually really tough. I was having. He is the main character, but I had a tough time. You know, he's awkward, more bookish than athlete. So I went Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I love this. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um, Yeah. Uh, What do you got, Adam? Um, I went pretty generic after that. I went Ryan Gosling uh, um, for Smalls. I think think they kind of had similar features. I think I picked it for the long face and chin maybe. Um, That's kind of how I come up with Gosling. Um, Yeah. No no other particular reason, to be honest. Uh, I really, really, really wanted to cast Domo Gleeson in this. Um, he almost I, was. Nice. He almost was my porter because I was looking for a redhead. Okay, but he was yeah, just so, a little younger than the rest of my cast. Well, so, so that's I, the thing is is two things. Number one, I don't know that he's ever played somebody without a British accent, so I don't know if that's something that he's super capable of doing. I don't uh, care Dredd. that much. Dread. Okay, it's been a while since I've seen Dread, but I'm talking about it next week. Um, hmm. Uh, so I anyway, know, but then there's also like he, everything about his personality kind of embodies smalls, but there's also, um, he is a redhead and sure hair color can change, but I, I, I was just like, I really like this cast, but can I fit something better there? Um, so I really wanted to go Domo Gleeson. I went John Gallagher Jr. Um, he's in short term 12 and, um, he's in, um, uh, newsroom. He plays, uh, one of the big people in newsroom. Um, trying to think of what else you might have seen him in, but uh, I love this actor. I think he's really great. Uh, I think he could embody a lot of uh, of what that is. So uh, that's my smalls. Um, uh, all right. Um, he's in Ten Cloverfield Lane, apparently too. I was just looking to see if um, he's in Westworld for a bit. He's in Hush. He plays the man. Oh, that doesn't really do anything. Oh, he's okay. Westworld. I, I, I got you. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who yeah, he plays in I Westworld. Uh, I think he. Uh, for my, uh, 
spinoff. He just showed up in an episode I watched recently. So I think I've got, he's one of the two guys. He's not the main, I don't think he's the main guy. I think he's the brother-in-law. I think in the, no, the, no, that's season. actually, um, uh, no, who is that guy? He plays, um, he's in the Punisher. He's the bad guy in the Punisher season one. That's the actor. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, this is this is him. If this if this helps you guys out, um, come on, face. I don't know. Just I, I was thinking newsroom short term. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I yeah, don't yeah. recognize him at all. Yeah, he's not the most popular actor, but um, I really like the work I've seen him in. So that took a, a lot longer than it probably should have. Uh, so Benny, uh, Jake, who you got for Benny? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. This is the Just one I'm most I concerned about overlap. Yeah. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oscar Isaac, very good pick. Uh, yeah. Adam? Um, I have Anthony Ramos. Yeah, me too. All right, so there, there okay. it is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, Benny just spoke soon because I was casting this as I was watching it um, as a caveat. Um, did it well. immediately when I finished. Did you? Yeah, I was yeah. doing and, and that's why as I was watching it, I saw, you know, I was watching Smalls and I was like, yeah, he looks like Ryan Gosling. He, he looks like he can go into Ryan Gosling which he actually hasn't if you look at his adult picture. Um, and then when I was just looking at Benny, I was like, yeah, that's Anthony Ramos all over. Um, that's when I had the double-check ages and so forth. That's what. Well, and there's, there's a, I think, scenes in In the Heights where Anthony Ramos is wearing an open baseball jacket. And yeah, just, like, yeah. Just images was just like, that's Benny. Like, Suits so. him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's a great pick as well, Jake. Yeah, um, I agree. For sure. Uh, so, Squints. Squints, ooh. Jake? Uh, I went, not a ton to go off on this one. Uh, I went Bill Hader. Okay. I love me some Bill Hader. I, I wanted to put him in several roles in this, but I couldn't quite pull the trigger yeah, because I, he's a little older than mid thirties. Well, and that's the thing. My, like by looking at the cast, uh, birth dates, that's what I was saying earlier when I'm like, my cast a little older because my cast like mid to late. 70s, which is not 35. So my guys are a little older than I think. Okay, that's fine. That's not yeah. a problem. What's your pick, Adam? Yeah, I think my, my pick for Squint's a little bit older as well um, is Ed Helms. Um, oh, he's, yeah. All right. He's actually close to 50, and you know, he doesn't look it. No, he no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And, and what got pulled me because he wears glasses in the Hangover, so he kind of um, you know, mm. that's kind of what. Cross that line for me as well. Yeah, I've got glasses for squints. That's the only note I have. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I tried to I tried to match these with like um, even trying to think about like what they do after this movie. Like it says, squints married Wendy and bought the drugstore. Um, so I was trying to think of like how that might affect their personality and physique. Um, but they should still have similar personalities, just a little you know bit more matured. I was trying to think of like if Denunia is going to play triple A ball. And he was a coach still. Like, he probably is still in pretty good shape. But if Porter became the great Hambino, he's probably still pretty chunky. So, like, I did try to, like, consider if, if yeah, yeah, went to the military, he's probably a little bit more disciplined. So, I, I did try to think of these things yeah. uh, in my cast. Um, okay. I so desperately wanted to cast Steve-O because this kid looks like uh -huh. so mini Steve-O. <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't, though. I didn't, though. Um... I love this cast though. I cast Jorma Tracone. He's uh 
um, like one of the guys yeah. in the Lonely Island. Yeah. Um, he's the Good. the sidekick in Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. He he's the showrunner from a grouper. Um, oh, okay. I, I think oh, I, I think all of it. all of his energy is is adult squints. He actually plays he's, the um, Neanderthal in that Will Ferrell movie, The Land Before Time, or something. Oh. Uh, Oh, it was based off an old TV show, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, it's a, Land it's of the a, Lost. Land of the Lost. Yeah, Juma. Yeah, he plays the Neanderthal guy in that. Yeah. No, I love him. Yeah. I thought that would be great. Yeah. Him, so. Yeah. Uh, well, who's gonna play his wife, um, Jake? So Wendy. Uh, talk about not much to go off from the. She shows up in half a scene. So I was yeah. basically, who's a blonde actress in the age range I'm looking? And so for Wendy, I've got Elizabeth Hanks. Oh, yeah. So to right. do the comedy. And so, mm. yeah, that's where. Tried to keep with a comedic feel for for all these people you know can do comedy to a certain So Elizabeth Hanks. Yeah, I mean, based off of the original movie, really all you have to go on is Blonde Bombshell. But, uh, but like, there's also, like, moments, like, where she waves at him afterwards. They're like, all right, so, like, a little charming. Okay. Uh, mm. Adam, who do you have? Um, so I'll just preface by saying when, as you know, as I mentioned before, I was casting this as I was watching it. And as I was casting it, I was actually kind of coming up with a logline for what the sequel movie would be. Um, mm. And I actually wrote that it would open between the wedding of Squints and Wendy, and then we had that post credit scene where it said they got married anyway. I was like, ah, cool. Well, I'm kind of on the same page. So um, I actually, she's, this is my returning cast member. I, I think Marley Shelton would be perfect uh, yeah. in the sequel again because she's, I think she has comedy chops. She hasn't, not the most well known actress either, but she's been in a lot of those teen comedies that I think she yeah. suits. I well. really didn't recognize her, and then I looked her up on the IMDb, and she's in Scream, uh, Scream Four and yeah. Five. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. She plays uh, Judy Hicks, so I was like, "Oh, okay, she's, her." Yeah. I didn't even, like. I couldn't even make the connection. Um, yeah, she's in a. I think it's from the nineties. I think she's in Can't Hardly Wait in a movie called Trojan War. I've not seen either um, of those. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I wouldn't hurry to look them up, but you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. I'm kind of torn between these two. Maybe I'll let, just let you guys pick. Um, I have to. Um, I initially wrote down Jessica Roth. She's from Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because again, blonde bombshell. But I know mm-hmm. Jessica Roth can act um, both comedy and uh, drama. So like, you know, I, I, sh- she's got to have a bigger role in in this sequel. Um, the other the other option was Sarah Goldberg. Um, she's uh, the love interest in in HBO's Barry. Um, she was also in the night house. Oh, okay. So, yep. um, she, yeah, I don't, she I don't know. know. She's in the night house. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of torn. I love both of them in this role. Um, they're, they're both great actresses, both uh, can be comedic and dramatic. So. I mean, I guess, does anybody fit better age wise? Is there a big age difference? I think Jessica Ross a little younger. That, um, was, that was my only thought is she might be a little too young for the. The role, but um, yeah, and I don't know how old Sarah Goldberg is. I think a, I think slightly. That, I thought she might fit better with the movie you're casting, maybe. But either way, yeah, 1987 for Jessica Roth and Sarah Goldberg, 1985. So not not, not much, really. but so. yeah. It doesn't super matter. Um, well, then do if the age doesn't matter, do Jessica Roth. Okay. She's fantastic. Yeah, I love her. Uh, all right. Uh, that brings us to Danunez, the pitcher. 
We got Jake. Mm-hmm. Nunez. Ah, okay. Uh, I went uh, somebody from your favorite TV show of all time. I went. Oh, uh, okay. Donald, Donald Faison. And remember the Titans. Hey, I so, love this cast. Yeah. <laughs> so again, not too much to. He doesn't get a ton to go off of. So I'm like, ah. He's got some comedy chops. I think that his sense of humor would fit in with this. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on here? So, yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Donald Faison, for sure. What do you got, Adam? Um, an actor from one of my favorite TV shows, at least of the last decade, um, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this. I think he's a good be, pick. Yeah, he's, um, he's great. I think he's just great. Full stop. Is he the best part of the Eternals? No. He's, okay. He he's so be, enjoyable no. to watch, though. Yes. Okay. I think he might that, be. That, that Ikea gag really bothered me in the trailer and it bothered me more in the movie. Like, it's just, he's, he's better but, than that. I think he's, yeah. Uh, he's, anyway, he's, point, he's great. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, did, he, I did look at him because I looked at the entire cast of the of Atlanta, obviously, because it's a, a great comedy series. But it's just one of those things, again, where it fell in the cracks, where mine ended up being cast a little older, so I had to go mm. away from the some of the, a lot of the people in their show because they're just like, a decade or so. Yeah. My pick might be slightly young, but I think he's older. Th- I think he looks older than he is. Um, and he, it's not for the role you think, but I picked John Boyega, not based off of Star Wars, but really based off of Attack the Block. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I like it. I could, you could see, oh, you can actually, I can picture him in a baseball uniform, actually. Well, and, and again, kind of, kind of, uh, my thought process, if he goes on to play ball and is a coach, he's probably still a little stat, like a little built, maybe not mm-hmm. super muscular, mm-hmm. but like he's, you know, st- still probably got some physique. And also like, if he's a business owner, he's probably a, you know, um, you know, a little bit more professional cleans up nice. And like, I was just like, yeah, he, he, I mean, John Boy can do it all. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, all right. Porter, who goes on to be the great Hambino. Uh, I actually had t- tough one with this because for a little bit, because obviously Ginger Icon, so I wanted to keep mm-hmm. him redhead. But like we said, mm-hmm. Donald Gleason, too young. Rupert Grant, too young. Alan Tudyk, I almost went with, but that <laughs> the problem with that. <laughs> The problem with that is doesn't fit great Hambino. So he's going to have to dye his hair. I went with Bobby Moynihan. Oh. Um, I know the name. I Saturday be. Night Live? Uh, yeah, from Saturday Night Live. Uh, he was. He had the Drunk Uncle skit. And, That's a really good uh, choice. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it's a name I know. I just can't quite, yeah. can't quite picture him. Uh, That's a really good choice. Yeah, I love that choice. Yeah, okay. um, I'm trying to think of what I what I know him from. <laughs> it, I really only know him from Saturday Night Live. Is it Dogs uh, in Space? I'm looking uh, through his list here. Um, I mean, he's so. an Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt a little bit. Mm. Uh, it's pro- it's probably just like YouTube stuff that he appears in every now and then. Yeah, he's um, he was one of my favorite cast members when he was on Star Wars voices. So. 
for sure. Oh, I love this pick. I love it. What do you got, Adam? Yeah. Um, I, this was the toughest one for me to pick, and my choice, I think, is kind of boring. Um, I was tossing up between Zach Galifianakis, uh, mm-hmm. who's probably a little bit too old, but I settled on Jack Black. I'm not happy with the choice, but he, he, he I mean, goes on to become a wrestler. Boring, yeah. yeah, he goes on to become a wrestler and... You this know, is a sneak La- Nacho Libre sequel. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, he um, yeah, Jack's kind of. If you've seen Jack Black recently, like, and he does his TikTok videos, and that he's um, he's a different beast. He might have to have some yeah. prosthetics or makeup and a wig, but you know, that's yeah, that's all I could come up with, sadly. Okay. Um. Now I. I thought the redhead line because I thought he is a redhead, but when I looked up the actor on IMDb, he doesn't necessarily look um, ginger, the the original no. um, order. And and I know red red hair is something that like kids can grow out of. Mm-hmm. Like it's more common for them to have red hair, red hair as a kid and then grow out of it than it is pretty yeah. much any other thing. Plus, if you're talking sun exposure, like that could also have an effect on the color. But I, I looked him up on IMDb. I'm like, there's not really anything that shows he's a ginger. So I'm, I didn't worry about it. Um, but man, I wish I would have gone with your pick, Jake, because that's perfect. Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah. I went with uh, Brian Quinn. He plays Q on Impractical Jokers. He's kind of dabbled in cameos here and there, but um, he's a funny guy. He's got he's got the right attitude, you know. Yeah, and he's done he's done like I said some cameos some other places. Like he did a cameo in uh the the Jane Silent Bob reboot and uh okay. yeah, some some other stuff recently. So, that's what I went with. Uh and that brings us to yeah, yeah. Uh so here I did have a little like certain affectations sort of made this casting for me and I forgot about the military school thing. So mm-hmm. uh, his physique certainly helps out here too. But I'm going Marky Mark. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. I, look, when I was making this cast, the one thing I was thinking about is who would, who would I just love to watch go, yeah, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. I would love to watch Marky Mark do that. Yeah. Sort of like his spoof of himself was sort of in my head when I was doing it. I'm like, like yeah, that works. Like when he's, yeah. he does that spoof on, I think it's uh, Jimmy Fallon, where he's like talking to a duck and he's just like, yeah, that's great. Glad to hear about it, pal. Hey, ask, how's your mother doing? Like, Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would love to see him just play, you know, a parody of himself for sure. Uh, what do you have, Adam? Um, a little very left field, I think, but I've gone for Wilma Valderrama. Oh, mm. okay. Um, I feel that. Okay. He's got the yeah. He's he's got the comedy chops. Probably been a bit left left in the dark since that '70s show, but I think he's probably the best thing in that '70s show. And I think I, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see more of him. Honestly, there's probably the reason I picked him. Yeah. I think he was on NCIS for a bit. But yeah. I, was, I thought I just saw him on something recently, or he was, uh, mm, or or he was just like being announced for something. I swear. Oh, okay, that's that's good. Um, I, I knew he was doing voices he, for a Disney. Oh, oh no, he was in uh, he was in Encanto. Yeah, that's what it was. Ah, uh, uh, yep. He's apparently playing uh, Zorro in a new Zorro TV series. Sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, okay. For yeah, yeah. Um, I went with, with an actor that that people are. I don't know that anybody loves him. Um, I know a lot of people hate him. I think people that love him also hate him. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of fall in that category. I both love and hate him. Uh, I went with Pete Davidson. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I like Pete Davidson. Me too. Um, I I think. Look, I don't know that 
I don't know that I'd like all the content that he comes out with, but like he's really good in King of Staten Island. Mm. Um, and I th- and I think in general he's a really funny guy. You just got to give him the right material and give him a little bit of reins, and you can really do some special comedy with him. I think he's a uh, yeah, I really like him. Um, and I was also thinking kind of along the lines of the military stuff, like he, you know, I mean maybe military brat is the way we're going. Um. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say, yeah, that's definitely not Pete. But yeah, I like. Yeah, Pete. I was like maybe maybe military brat or maybe the military messed him up. But yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Bertram, the kid that got really into the '60s and nobody's heard from since. Uh, Jake, what do you got? Yeah. So he's a stoner, which means probably my most uninspired pick of the lot. But I have to obviously go with Seth Rogen. So I thought about this long and yeah. hard. Yep. Yeah. If you if stoner is what you're giving me, and he's in this rage right, <laughs> I can't not go. I I am going for a very different kind of druggie. Uh, what do you got, Adam? <laughs> um, I've gone for well. Bertram was the tall, skinny one, right? So I've picked yeah. mine off that. And but this yeah, the guy one that could easily shoe. he could easily play a stoner, and he's a great actor, and he's one of the funniest guys on the planet, in my opinion. Uh, Stephen Merchant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love yeah. that pick. Yeah, I think yeah, that's one of my favorite picks I've gotten here. I think so. Yeah, I reckon he'd be great. So I mean, here's the other thing about that is like these kids are probably right around the age of puberty. So like, you know, some of them could have growth spurts and grow a bunch and, you know, maybe, maybe Bertram just stopped growing, you know, like (laughs) there's always that what if factor. So um, I tried to not play into that. Um, I love my pick for this. I went with Taron Edgerton uh, because of his performance in rocket man. I'm going for a very different kind of druggie. So Bertram never grew at all since this movie. Nope. Nope. Pretty short. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Terrence relatively short, and uh, and yeah, he's he's built, but yeah, just, the way he That's portrayed Rocket Man, uh, Elton oh. John, especially like the later half of uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, he's yeah. he's 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 great. Taron Egerton, full stop. He's gonna be. I think he, was he nominated star. for Best Actor Oscar? No, he was robbed. Oh, he he should have been. This is one of my Oscar gripes that Rami Malek won, but Taron didn't even get a look in. Honestly, That's, yeah, for sure. Because he's way better than Rami Malek, and that movie's way better than Bohemian Rhapsody as well. I agree with both those statements. Uh, okay. Uh, that just leaves Timmy and Tommy. I just put them together. Um, yeah. it, they're was, pretty interchangeable. I, I was going to ask, because I cast them as a pair. No, yeah, there's pretty, they're pretty interchangeable, but you if you have a specific idea on which one is supposed to be your main and which one is supposed to be your repeater, then go ahead and say that. But if not, just Timmy uh, and Tommy. Who you got, Jake? Yeah, I forgot the whole repeater aspect. I just they they come as a pair, so I did two two people that pair well together and make magic. I'm doing Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg are my Timberlake. Yeah, Timberlake. buddy, I love this. Yeah. I I almost put Andy Samberg uh for squints. I think uh, mm. maybe yeah yeah one of the two. Um, but yeah, no, but I was like, I use Andy Samberg a lot in these fantasy casts, so mm. decided to stretch me, myself a little. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, You're right, they play so well together. What do you got, Adam? Um, I went, might seem a little left to field, but I actually went for Chris and Liam Hemsworth. Um, mm. But Liam okay. would be the lead, because Chris has already proven he's got comedy chops. Liam kind of has in that Ruby... What's in that Rebel Wilson movie that he did? Um, but I'd like Liam to be the lead and Chris to be the the backup 
Um, yeah, I think they'd work. Re- and I'd like to see them do a movie together, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. And they're Australian, so why not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I went with two man, chi- man children. Um, and again, who do I want to see just repeat somebody? So my my regular, the kid that gets blown up in the treehouse and comes off in dust, <laughs> um, I thought he might be a little too old, but I think it's just because a recent movie I saw, I think they age him up a little bit, or at least he just feels older than he is. It was Zachary Levi. Um, mm. And that's what I was thinking, American Underdog. Like, I think he, he looks a little older than he feels, but it's partly he's playing an adult, you know? Whereas in Shazam, he looks relatively young. Uh, so Zachary Levi and his younger brother is going to be Charlie Day. Because I just want Charlie Day oh, to just repeat everything that Zachary Levi says. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, very nice. Um, uh, do we, One or two at antagonists. What do you, what do you guys have? Uh, I went with uh, Jack McBriar and Adam Scott. Jack Ooh. McBriar. Um, oh, that's uh, 30 Rock, yeah? Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. As, as antagonists. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, okay. Adam, yeah, him and Adam Scott. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam Scott like plays a sneaky bad yeah. bad person, like in in the Good Place. Like I yeah. love when Adam Scott is just like and unhinged. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Step brother. He's the worst. Yeah, he's the best douchebag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Yeah. That's right. That's that's the vibe I was going for. for these mm-hmm. two. Yep. Yeah, Jack McBriar right there, because he always plays either a wimpy kid or uh, like a really Pucky charming, Pucky. like yeah, for, forgetting Sarah Marshall kind of guy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I love this pick. That's great. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you got, Adam? Um, look, so I've got to, again, preface this by the movie I was sequeling would have been... The guys have come together in a tag style, you know, the movie tag style fashions. One of them oh, is I love terminally, terminally ill. Um, so they've come back Aww. together to meet and they've gone camping in the woods. Um, basically, yeah, just to um, hang out again, relive their glory days. So my bad guy, antagonist, is just a bear in the woods. <laughs> That's it. They've been, they've been terrorised <laughs> by a bear in the woods. That's it. That's the beast. <laughs> So they've got a new beast. It's a bear. A bear in the That's it. They've gone camping oh, for the weekend. Um, that's that's my story. <laughs> man, this is also secretly a great outdoor sequel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All, right, um, all right. I want you to imagine. I wanted to pick an actor that is specifically does serious roles, but I feel like could have John Hamm energy. Because, like, mm. I love how John Hamm can do something like Mad Men and then turn around and do something like mm. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to pick who's somebody that typically does their nice serious roles but also could bring some John Hamm energy. And I was like, what if Michael B. Jordan? Okay. And what if what if he played the younger brother of De Nunez who always felt left out and has a vengeance against the original kids? Yeah. And he made it to pro ball, and he thinks he's better than Benny. And so he's going to get his crew together, and Benny's going to get their crew together. That's great. I like it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I don't want Michael B. Jordan being Killmonger, you know, or uh, uh, the no, no, what's no. the other movie he did with Ryan Coogler um, about the, the uh, uh, I was oh, thinking of the earlier one, Fruitvale Station. Um, yes, Fruitvale mm-hmm. Station. Like I don't want super serious, you know. I want, but I think he I could want deadpan. He could. He Did could, that, yes, man. absolutely. Yeah. I want I want Michael B. Jordan channeling his most John Hamm energy that there is. Um, you know, silly John Hamm, baby baby driver John Hamm, uh, unbreakable mm-hmm. Kimmy Schmidt John Hamm. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and then I was just like, oh, that works perfectly because what if, yeah, again, what if he's Danunia's younger brother that he always feels bad that he was always told to stay at home yeah. and then he thinks he's better than Benny and he also was just, a, you know, like, just smug uh, and full of himself. Yeah. That, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But That's... also kind of not, you know, but not too serious, you know, like, uh, like Ben Stiller in Heavyweights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Comes down to the crucial thing. Uh, do you guys have a uh, writer director pairing or, or separately? Separate for me. Okay, I have them separate as well. Jake, who do you got? Who's your writer? Uh, my writer is uh, Joel Church Cooper, who's the hmm. showrunner on more people probably know him from Future Man, but the reason mm-hmm. he's my writer is he was the writer for Blackmire, which is a show on uh, IFC. I don't think I ever watched the final season, okay. but I watched the first two. But it's, it's a show where Hank Azaria plays a disgraced broadcaster who got fired after an on-air rant when he was drunk and he tries to work his way back up to the majors hmm. in like uh, by starting back up in the minor leagues. So baseball comedy type deal. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. That's where I went. All right. Okay. I've not seen the show, but I've heard great things. Uh, what about you, Adam? Um, I've... I've got three writers for mine, um, oh, but they'll okay. all be writing together. Um, yeah, yeah. I have the brilliant team of Lord and Miller, um, but teaming up with Jake Kasdan, I'd like to see. I'd just like to see what they could whip together. Those three. Um, Jake Kasdan. Um, uh, Jake Kasdan. He's, he wrote uh, Zero Effect, the Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, and Jumanji: The Next Level. Yeah, so okay. he's Jumanji. Yeah. He's actually directed. He directed those as well. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. And Lord and Miller just never fail, honestly, in my eyes. So. Yeah, I picked Lord and Miller for my writing team. Uh, I was gonna have him direct, oh, nice. but I just I can't I can't get my heart off of somebody else directing this movie. Mm. Uh, but but there's also the element. I was thinking like specifically um, Lego Movie Lord and Miller because mm. like that movie has a lot of charm and a lot of heart. Um, and really, Sandlot is full of charm and heart. It's exclusively what it's made of, and baseball. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I want I want Lord and Miller writing my Sandlot sequel as well. For sure. I'm thinking more uh, The Last Man on Earth, Lord and Miller. Um, oh, where they yeah. Showing for that because it's it's good. well, my movie set out in the out in the woods, so it's a bit more dystopian and funny, quirky mm-hmm. type of you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, then who's directing our movies, Jake? Who you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am saving my director from himself, because he does have his next project announced, and I am not on board with it. I want him to get back to making, you know, comedies, these types of comedies. Just have a fun, lighthearted comedy. Get Adam McKay to do this movie. I knew it. I knew it as soon as you said, I'm saving him from his next project. And not the capital. Uh, and I, hey, 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 I, hey, I love is, Don't Look Up, so don't you I like I liked Don't Look Up. Advice was okay for me, but well, after, after, it's more the, um, the conversation around these movies and the fact that sure. he's going right back at it with the movie I think is being made too soon as well. It, Which, no. what, what is he making? Uh, on the January 6th riots. Already? So, yes, that's my point. I'm like, uh, I, I'm... Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen yeah. Vice, but yeah, if he could channel that Don't Look Up 
energy or probably more big short would be a better tone for the movie. Yeah. yeah. Big short or even some of her earlier comedies. That'd be fine with oh, yeah. me. Just get it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love if more you just like, like right after working on the other yeah. guys, just go make Teledega stuff. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Some more lighthearted, you know, uh, anyway. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm on board with that. Uh Adam. Um who's directing your Phil Lord and Chris Miller and Jake Kasdan one? Um someone who I don't think has ever directed before in any way, but I think he would be brilliant director because he is a brilliant at everything else he does is uh jim carrey i'd love to see huh. him direct a movie and i'd love to see jim carrey direct something like this because he he's got such a lot of heart he's such a he's a very intelligent person um despite okay. some of the clips you might see and he, obviously jim carrey's just funny as hell so for me yeah i'd love to see that all right very nice uh look guys this this was the first thing i ever put in this uh, in this category, who's directing my movie? Who knows childhood co- coming of age stories, and who knows the mid '80s better Rob than Reiner? Steven Spielberg? You can say Rob Reiner. No, <laughs> I, no, I said mm-hmm. uh, Steven Spielberg. Ozanikis. Oh, he's choosing Spielberg. Sorry, I'm choosing Spielberg. Oh wow! <laughs> to do yeah. a sequel to The Sandlot. Yeah. Is there enough no, money they, in the world for that though? <laughs> No, hey, no it's, it's the fantasy cast. cast. That's right. Yeah. Cast no, you, Zemeckis could be great here too. Rob Reiner could be great yeah. here too. But after seeing, um, I referenced this on last week's show too. But after seeing the Spielberg documentary on HBO and mm, really getting exposed that. to like, I had seen Close Encounters of the Third Time kind of before seeing that, and I I thought it was fine. But it, that documentary gave me a greater appreciation for that movie. And just mm-hmm. again thinking, thinking, who knows the mid '80s? But in film, capturing the mid '80s. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, Spielberg capturing childlike wonder and uh, you know and, and childhood uh, growth and development. You know, who captures that better than him? And honestly, you know, we, we talked about this a lot recently. Like, I would love for Spielberg to capture just a glimpse of like where he got started because, like, you know, he's pretty forgettable in the two thousands. I think. I mean, after Minority Report, like, I can't yeah. even think of anything yeah. he did until uh, War of the Worlds. Like. Ready Player One. Yeah, okay. So I guess there's. I didn't see it. I love Lincoln. Um, pretty mixed. Sure, but like anyway, like he for sure. As soon as he started doing, yeah, like Saving Private Ryan was probably. He's like, I'm a serious director now. I'm just doing serious movies, and mm. or something like Ready Player One, where you know I can I can have some fun, but it's. I, I want Spielberg to capture that childlike wonder again. That's that's exactly yeah. what I want. I can't argue that at all. Yeah, Zemeckis would have been great too. Um, Even if you think of Richard Donner or someone as well, um, that really yeah. would be a fantasy cast because he's dead, yeah. So. Yeah, I was like, I th- I'm pretty sure he passed in the last. Yeah, I think I think now you've reminded me. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten Richard Donner had died sadly. Yeah, but what you were saying, I love Super Eight, so you got me thinking JJ would be a good pick yeah. for you. Okay, for you, um, sure. For you, yeah, and anything movie. to get him away from more yeah. Star Wars movies, you know. There you go. Yeah. Anything set in uh, space, get away. <laughs> hey, I Joe love Dante. Joe Dante would be good as well. He did a lot of those um, quirky comedies back then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good picks, but I'm just like, I want to recapture. Mm. I want this movie to feel like E.T. or um, or Close yeah. Encounters of the Third Kind minus the aliens. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want this movie to just really strike like an Indiana Jones kind of vibe, you know? Yeah. I'm here for that. Especially like Last Crusade. Yeah, I'd love that. Mm, we'll talk about that for a long. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, well, for the sake of time, um, I, I think uh, let's just move on to the spinoff. Um, you, you've heard our list. Um, uh, I'll start us off. Um, guys, I haven't watched a lot recently. Um, I've been playing some video games. Where you played Halo Wars 2. So. Uh, but my wife uh, convinced me to watch this one movie because I was like, I'm not, not in the mood for it. And that's about the best you're ever going to get. So I watched Miss Congeniality 2 Armed and Fabulous this week. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Miss Congeniality was one I have a lot of nostalgia for, but didn't necessarily want to revisit. But my wife really likes it, um, and so we watched it a couple months ago. I think I talked about it in the spinoff. It's like it's it's kind of problematic, but honestly, it's it's got enough charm and enough humor that it kind of works. And I was kind of dreading watching the sequel, and it's kind of just as good as the original. Like it's not as tight of a story. It it's not quite as memorable, but like it's significantly like better like aged um and regina king young regina king here um in a a really fun role and uh yeah i mean much better than i anticipated so i put it you know for different reasons just as good as the original um and uh i'm not super recommending it but i'm saying look if you've seen the first one you might as well just see the second one you know so there we go and uh jake what about you uh i have been binging house. Uh, I know Andrew mentioned it a couple couple weeks ago. Favorite show of all time, and I I'd forgotten about it. But uh, I've been one of those people who'd like watched it in syndication, just watched a few episodes, yeah, a yeah. chunk of episodes here and there, and really enjoyed it. And I like Sherlock Holmes story, and it's obviously a Sherlock Holmes inspired story. And like everybody's great. Um, it's a great show, like to like search IMDb doing, because there's a ton of like those guys, like there's some big stars who show up mm-hmm. in some of the early seasons, like Amanda Seyfried, uh, Junie from Spy Kids, Elf fans <laughs> in there, uh, David Strathairns makes an appearance. So it's great for that sort of stuff. But it's, it is a fun story week to week and sort of as a whole. So I've just been, um, Enjoying the right the one, the one sort of caveat on the recommend I would give is it's a show that ran from 2004 to 2012. They're having a lot of medical discussions. There's some both sides in going on, so some of this stuff doesn't age particularly well on okay. some of the. Uh, social stuff and some of the other stuff, like how they talk, like how it comes with the character, like he's got that Don Rickles effect where he just insults anybody and he's insulting yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody. But yeah, so it uh, some of that stuff doesn't age super well, but overall it's just really fun and I'm really enjoying it. I'm almost at the end of the fifth season. It's uh, been fantastic. That makes me so happy. And uh, what about you? What do you got to, to bring to the table today, Adam? Um, we can probably make another two-and-a-half-hour podcast on the stuff I could recommend. Um, but I'll stick with Net- – I've changed my mind from what I originally had. Next week, um, Netflix are releasing a short six-episode series of a show called Murderville with Will Arnett starring. And basically it's a um, – it's an improv show where there's a murder mystery every week and they have a celebrity come on with no script and it's all improv and they go I've through seen that. seen advertisements for this, yeah. 
Yeah, it's actually based off a British series from 20... They did three series, um, three six-episode series. It's on Amazon in Australia. You might have it in America. It's called Murder in Successville in, in England. And it is some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life because the celebrity guests that come on to uh, perform have no idea what's going on. They break all the time, which makes it even funnier. So it's a, basically a half-hour blooper reel. Um, okay. the, cast are, the cast are actually imitating other celebrities. So... The episode I watched just this morning before joining this podcast was um, Lady Gaga was murdered, um, but her butler was Jay-Z, was her butler. Um, and I think Lana Del Rey was like a, the leader of a dojo, like a karate instructor or something. But it's just all people imitating them. It's so funny. And the guy, who, and they all play it straight as an arrow. Um, they, the, the main cast rarely break, but when they do, it just adds, it just, it's just hilarious. And I'm really looking forward to what, um, Netflix are going to release with Will Arnett because I'm a big fan of Will Arnett as well. Um, Joe Bluth is awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, that's that's my um, buried treasure, I guess, for lack of a better word, <laughs> better phrase. Yeah. For this I was week. excited. I yeah, I, I didn't know anything about the Netflix show till like two weeks ago. Then I'm like, that yeah. that sounds fantastic, and now Why? I'm even more excited. I've been seeing through. advertisements for it, like just photos or whatnot, yeah. when I opened yeah. Netflix. And, yeah. It looks it, it looks great. I was actually browsing through TikTok, TikTok before I went to sleep last night, and I saw a clip of the British version, and I read all the comments, and I was saying, oh, this is uh, uh, Netflix are going to ruin it, blah, blah, blah. So I, I just looked up to see if it was available anywhere, and I started watching it last night, and, yeah, it was it's so great. It's so, so funny. Nice. Yeah. Well, check out uh, – look for that. Well, on that note, that's a wrap. A quick reminder that Soap Pop Riders Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to write for SafePop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, uh, send us a question to explore during the B-plot. Um, and you can email me at ridersroom at SivPop.com. You can also contact me on Twitter at Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. And don't forget to check out the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash SivPopWR. Uh, that's ways you can connect with me in the show. But, uh, uh, Jake, let's start with you. Where do you want to send people? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, my last name has a lot of vowels. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to stop you from having to spell it out, uh, if you go to SifPop on Twitter or SifPop on Letterboxd, you can find me in their follows. So yeah. I'm the only Jake that writes for Sif Pop at the moment. So that's that's me. Nice. And uh, what about you, Adam? Um, uh, look, honestly, the, the you'll get the most out of me on Letterboxd, which um, and I'm just Kerbrider, K-E-R-B-R-I-D-E-R. Um, I'm Kerbrider on every other social, but I don't Twitter much or Instagram much. So if you want to see my cat, check me out on Instagram. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> Letterboxd is probably where you want to catch me at. That, that my most prolific. Nice. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, I had a great time chatting movies with you guys. I really appreciate uh, your time sticking around um, for a, a pretty long but pretty entertaining episode mm. for me. So, yeah. Hey. Cool. Thank you. For sure. Uh, we'll do it again sometime soon. Uh, for sure. We'd love to have you guys on next time schedule comes around. And uh, um, next month, I'm talking nostalgia movies with Alex and Jeffrey. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to watch Shrek for, <laughs> since Alex is on for a nostalgia episode. Uh, next week, I'm talking uh, Dread and Judge Dread with Joe. Um, so those are your things to catch up on if you're interested. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. And I hope you guys have a good week.